everybody, and welcome to Row 60 at Georgia Football Podcast. My name is Clark Gaines. Joining me today, as always, Adam Thornton. Boom! And this is show number 61. The dogs are 4-0 on the football season. Woo! Yeah, Good baby. time to be alive, Let's Adam. go, man. Third of the way through, still number one, still undefeated. All your main goal is still intact. Not a lot of people in the country can say that, Clark. That is true. Clark. We're not even done with the month of September yet. Let me just start the show by saying this. We're not even done with the month of September yet, and there's only three Southeastern Conference football teams still undefeated. That's satisfying. Can you guess? Obviously, Georgia, the Mm -hmm. show that the team that this show is about. Can you guess who the other two is? They're both in the SEC East, Adam. Yeah. Kentucky and Missouri. Can you believe that? That's unreal. Can you believe that? Man, I mean, you know, I know really there hasn't been, uh, there's been teams who have played more difficult schedules than the three that's undefeated. But still, that is a crazy stat right now, Clark, to to say that Kentucky and Missouri is Georgia's company with uh, the <laughs> remaining unbeatens in the SEC. We're not even through the month of September yet, man. Still one more week of football, college football action to go before we get in October, man. And what a wild month it has been. For sure. Unbelievable, yeah. man. Unbelievable. This has been the wildest college football season. Season I can remember kind of like shaping up to be a finish like we saw in 2007, man, mm. which was probably the most pandemonious. Yeah, can I, can I make Is that, that a word? word? I'm gonna make it a word. I'm gonna make it a word. Okay. Pandemonious, it rolls off the tongue good. Yeah, so like it should it. be a word. That's what I'm gonna use. So, anyway, the synonym for pandemonious would be pandemonium, but you can't use that as a the most pandemonium season, the most <laughs> pandemonious season is it was 2007, man. It's shaping up to be that way, man. So uh, exciting. Um, I think it's it's from, uh, you know, sea to shine and sea, what mm. college football's like, mm. man. You know, from the people up there in rainy Seattle down to Valdosta, Georgia, people are excited about it. Yeah. People up in – Actually, uh, hey, I mean, people up in yeah. Washington are feeling pretty good right now. Exactly. That's why I said – that's why I alluded to them first, man. Yeah. I mean, a heck of a club up there. And then you got the people up in uh, up in Connecticut, man, up in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. Excited about ball. And the people in Tucson, Arizona are. So from corner to corner, see the shining sea, man – all God's children are enjoying some college football this year, and we have been blessed for the first four weeks of the year, man, and uh, I continue for that to happen, and uh, hey, we're ramping on into the heart of the season, and mm-hmm. I'm excited. We're going to a team that I despise, I've always despised, and always will despise. We're going to Auburn University for the annual beatdown, Clark. There's three things in life for certain, what our board says. Death, Texas and Georgia beating Auburn in football. Oh, That's the three things it. that uh, you're, you're going to know. You know, yeah. that, that we're all going to die. Right. I'm going to die. 10 out of 10 people die. The government's always going to tax us. That's 100%. And Georgia's always going to beat Auburn in football. <laughs> Three oh, things, man, man right yeah. there. Love it, love it, love it. Big man. week. So, it's hate yes, week, sir. Adam. It's yes, hate sir. week. And uh, on this episode, we got a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, Georgia versus UAB. Interesting game. Yeah. Um, we got some Patreon shout outs. Clark's fun facts. Georgia's offense, always defense, and special favorite. teams. Is it? Yeah, I yeah, hope so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to think it is. It felt good to sneak that in there. Exactly. Right there. I mean, yeah. Uh, then we'll be previewing Georgia versus Auburn, the Deep South's oldest rivalry. We got some keys Cannot to the game. Wait. Yep. Uh, last week's games, a lot of good football. We've got this week's pick'em, and then last but certainly not least, a game of the week. And Adam, man, I'm just going to say this: the game of the week this week features some excellent mascots. So stick good. around till the end, and also at the very end. We're going to talk about a giveaway. Oh. Um, this we haven't done a giveaway in a while, and been a little bit. Yeah, been a little bit. That's on us this year. That's on us. That's poor form on our part that we haven't done that yet. But <laughs> you know, we're going to get back into that. We so, will. We certainly uh, yeah, will. Yeah, exciting. I'm excited about what the giveaway um, entails, Clark. Yes, what you have to do to it's, get it, the the prestigious prize that is being given. Right. You know, it's not just <laughs> you don't just have to put your name in a drawing, right? It, yeah, it's, it's not a that. challenge. It's this more is, of a challenge. It's going to take talent. Yes, it's going to take talent. 
and natural God-given ability <laughs> to uh, to be able to pull off what we're asking to get this uh, this uh, prestigious prize that we have, man. Mm-hmm. So stick around for details on that. Oh yeah. All right. First, I want to make an announcement too. Forgot to mention this. Live call-in show this Friday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can thank the Row 60 patrons. They wanted a call-in show. You're going to get it because of them. And uh, we we want to talk to you guys. We want to talk to you guys Friday night, 8.30 p.m. Normally do these on 8, so remember 8.30. Mark it down on your calendar. We're going to have a lot of fun and talk about this Georgia versus Auburn game. We want to hear from you and why you hate Auburn. If you hate Auburn, I, yeah, if you're a Georgia you, you fan, you should. should. You should. Yeah. You should. There's really no reason to like Auburn. Right. I mean, really. Who wants to go to Opelanka, Alabama? Not me. I mean, we're going this, this but I mean, weekend. But who, but. I mean, spend a lot of time there on the campus. You know, like go to school there. Get an Auburn education. Excuse me. Sorry. I didn't mean to. If, 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 if you got who an Auburn, be an Auburn football fan. I yeah, don't. I don't. I don't. What have they ever won anything? They've won, they've they've pulled some voodoo Houdini stuff in the last thirteen years. You know, Perhaps a sold times. their souls. To one would say. Devil, one would maybe. say. One would say with the antics that were displayed down there, uh, gave us one of the most hateable teams in college football history in two thousand ten rendition yeah. of the Auburn Tigers with Cameron Newton oh, and gosh, Nick Nicholas Fairley. Fairley and all those those uh, those guys, and then just pulled just rabbit out of hats and and stuff happened in two thousand thirteen. So I mean, really. And then you have 04, 10, and 13. And then outside, you take those three seasons away, decent success from like 83 on mm-hmm. into like 88, you know, about a little five-year run with Pat Dye. But outside of that, that and not a program in the most recent years who has had just a bunch of success. But, yeah. hey, we'll get into that. We'll get we into our hate of Auburn. But this is a big game. Still getting used Clark to mm-hmm. us playing it uh, in September. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It is weird. That's crazy. Is this weird. is a game that seemed like it should be in the middle of November. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way the Lord intended it to be. But, hey, it's not. It's not. It's not. So we're right. just going to deal with it. We're going to deal with it. Going to have to deal with that's it. That's right. Let's talk about this past Saturday in Let's Athens. Let's go. Our fourth straight, uh, not road game, home game yep. versus UAB. The Blazers came into town, and uh, Georgia won in, I would like to say, dominating fashion. I mean, it was 49-21. The final score, a little deceiving. I think they got a, a late touchdown against our, what, third string. Um, we yep. helped them out with a they with a, a couple of fumbles, and, and just it's kind of a sloppy game, to be quite yep. honest, but we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, let's talk about the game day atmosphere first. Hit it, Cole. Adam, the stadium. The stadium is starting to fall apart. Yeah, and you may is. say, "Well, what the it heck is. do you mean by that?" It is. It is. Um, well, you know, we, we we were first confirmed that with our friend Rick Burkhalter at kickoff right there that he he had a a, a slab of concrete like, uh, like probably that big yeah, that big that was like it's just just there just there <laughs> he didn't bring it to the stadium it was just there yeah. you know and uh, first that's a safety hazard for <laughs> if if the object is falling or also if. One fan, especially fans in some states and capacity, gets a block of concrete. What can be done with that yes. against an opposing fan or a coach or what have you not, ref or whoever on the field. So, you know, that's just not an object you want to see go flying through the air, right? Sure. Like be in the hands of uh, of onlookers, correct? A Tennessee so, fan. Yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, a, a, a slab of concrete, a chunk of it, will hurt worse to the head than a bottle of mustard. Yeah, one would say, certainly, you know, certainly. so uh, so that, that's one thing there. So we saw that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So um, Rick did the proper thing and, and threw it in the trash can you know, that way that people yeah. can't, you know, can't get a hold of it. So we're like, man, we're going to have to start wearing hard hats in the stadium car. <laughs> yeah. You know, just to protect yeah. the noggin from getting hit by right. any, uh, any any unidentified <laughs> objects that may may fall abruptly. And, uh, you know, then later on as the game started, I, I looked down at my foot. There was a bolt. There was about a half inch, half inch bolt. 
He's right there. Did you happen to wear some work clothes and that just fell out? Or no, or? it just it just was there, just there. I don't know where it came from. The seats, whatever. So you know, we already know what's going on with Stegman Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Sanford Stadium, man, man, God bless her. She's she's uh she's getting to the century mark. Yeah, she's she getting to the century is. mark in age, man. I mean, heck, this year would be the ninety fourth year God of her uh, of her her glorious lifespan and right. what she has seen i mean a lot of good stuff there at that stadium but you know yeah those are two things that are concerning two things you don't expect to see um when you're looking down around the premises uh you know and mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's that's one that's thing bad. that we'll, we'll we'll give everybody an update also there's just some stickiness going on in our section clark mm. like there's some sticky concrete sticky seats and we, we have um we have actually addressed it with the University of Georgia have Stadium staff. Yeah, the Silver Dogs and what have you, everybody, and just said, hey, man, we need to get this clean. Right. You know, I mean, we need to get the this pressure clean. pressure washer you know, out. You we know, have, we have time to get this stuff clean, and now we have a full week. So get it out, get the stickiness out, and, mm-hmm. and make it a better fan-friendly environment for everybody. Correct? Yes. So oh, do you think it's the culmination of, like, frozen lemonade being spilled? Laffy Taffy's. Like, sour, sour gummy worms. Jolly sour, sour jo- I mean, yeah, what have you not? Yeah, if you have a mixture of that possibly but you're going to have that in every venue i mean you know you know in high schools across america they bring in the prisoners on friday nights for (laughs) they do i mean it's true part of the the deal going to jail man you're gonna clean up friday night concession stands right so i mean this is the university of georgia can we not get somebody to come in and clean up the stadium bleachers of the concrete so you know that's what i'm gonna have what i had to do so my wife was at one of the games of course uh this had happened and she didn't want to sit on a sticky bleacher, which right. I don't blame her. I, I plop right down on it. I don't care. You know, I yeah. got my PFG shorts on, and it just had a little sticky stuff mm-hmm. to them or whatever. What have you not? It's not going to ruin my time. But I understand the women folk might not want to sit in any unidentified sticky material right. that could be right. on the bleachers. And I stand the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, Kelsey does not. So I had the bright idea. I went up to the concession stand, Clark. Yep. And I went to the concession and said, hey, man, can you give me two trash bags? I know it's weird. It's a weird deal, man. But we've got some some sticky stuff on the seat, and we just need to sit on the trash bag. Yeah. That's what I can He said, no problem, man. So I said, so he came back, and he gave me two white trash bags. I said, thanks, nice. brother. So uh, we were able to spread them out and uh, and fix the, you know, put a Band-Aid on the problem. Right, right. right. Put a Band-Aid Temporary on the problem. Fix. But this has been two weeks in a row that the stickiness is not going away. Mother Nature is not, it's not going. So you're going to have to get some acetone or something to put on those seats to get that <laughs> yeah. stuff out. Well, and the so. thing is, row 60 sits on, right under an awning so it's not like when it does rain that that kind of clears out and point. wipes it away so li- but i mean i mean this is stuff man some liquid you need some alcohol some acetone or something oh, yeah. let, let some some stuff acidify and eat that stuff up man i mean this <laughs> yeah. is some rough stuff i don't know what it is i don't know if it is just candy or what have you not but it's a it is a uh it's definitely something that's pretty stout man and it's been lingering for quite Adam, a while you say something funny you say what have you not i think it's <laughs> I just know. what have you but i like the fact that you add in what have you not like I not. think people have been listening long enough to know I'm going to make up whatever. And That's right. I'm going to say whatever comes out of the brain, and maybe my brain and my mouth don't go in sync at times. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe I try to sound intelligent what I say, so I make up words, and I don't care what hey, anybody okay. says about it. I mean, you gotta I take get it the or point across, and people can can uh, can accept it with what I'm saying or not, because I'm going to get on a roll. I got the microphone, and That's you got right. the microphone, and the microphone's going to pick up and record whatever comes out of my mouth. Exactly. Oh man, we don't edit. I honestly I've right. never even edited nope. any any of no these podcasts. In terms no of trimming it up. Raw, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. Hey, it was a gorgeous night though. 
Lots, lots of fans, Adam. I was very impressed by the amount of fans. Too, Clark, we did. We sure did, man. Sure you know, did. it was nice. It was the uh, um, first game we were able to tailgate, you know, uh, me with the little one now. I don't get to go to Sanford Stadium and spend 14 hours there every Saturday anymore, but that's okay. That's part of growing and maturing. Yep. You know, so at this point in time, I had a lot of good football on Saturday. So I was able to break out the old generator, and I tell you, the tailgate tent um, had – I got one of these things, and if you have a tailgate tent, man, you need to get one of these deals that, um, that, that it's got Velcro straps on it that – you kind of can make a wall on one yes. side to block out the sun. And this particular one is red with a G on it. Mm-hmm. And it looks great. I got a picture of it. We'll share on the YouTube. And uh, also the generator, you know, I, I talked a couple of years about generators, Clark. Right. I don't know if anybody, if any diehard Row 60 um, fans remember, we went through generators and any suggestions. And we sure did. I've talked about I went with a, uh, a brand from the Sam's Club. I did not go with the Honda 2000i or whatever it is now. That's a $2,500 or anything, you know. So I, I'm, I'm more of a bargain guy do right harbor freight really doesn't give you a good the predator might be good but the predator is a is 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 a ripoff of the honda and still got a decent price tag on okay. it but this generator from the sam's club man i mean everything was immaculate on it and mm. this is in its third year of operation man and i was just looking at it i just sat there man really just enjoying the breeze watching football and i would just kick back and i would look at it and it's got on the the, the face of it the front it's got the uh, the digital readout of the green light um fuel fuel um you know fuel bars right you know, where it's at and that bad boy clark from 10 o'clock on to 6 30 stayed i think it dropped one bar wow one bar i mean the the i mean nice. the, the fuel consumption for it it was i mean it's great very it just efficient along man very efficient and uh one of these deals man that uh it just it just kind of just just idles you know it's, mm. it's not a loud noise and it's just a really good generator and every time i pull that generator out my wife makes fun of me because i i brag on it like it's my child every <laughs> single time because i'm so proud to buy yeah. what it's doing for us right and uh and other uses too man so anyway i mean just another good job by our generator yeah. I mean, heck yeah. Uh, good day. Hey, anyway. also the dish. You brought the dish out. Yeah, the Adam dish, is very uh, adamant about pulling out the dish as opposed to just streaming the game. I don't like want to stream the people. game. The part of the tailgating experience is standing on one foot, putting one arm around the other, <laughs> closing an eye, and getting that dish tilted right. Find the satellites in the sky. Find the azimuth, the compass reading the direction of what degree, latitude, longitude we should be at, where our satellite is for the, the place you're at. And uh, and I don't want one of these fancy little globes that sit on a hood. I want a tripod with a dish on it. And I'm going to get that bad boy, and I'm going to get out there in the middle of the road or wherever I have to go to get a good signal. I love reading it and the satisfaction of when you're you're getting that signal strength, man, and those mm-hmm. little bars, and you go 97, 98, 98, 99, 99, 99. You're like, you hit it, man. Yeah. So you're there, and you crank it up, and uh, it, it's just a good feeling, and I don't want that feeling to go away, and I don't like the buffer. I hate right. buffering. I right. hate buffering. Now, buffering is something that this – millennial gen z generation has just gotten accustomed to and i don't mm-hmm. like that clark I, I, because of the convenience of just streaming is just it's, it's ridiculous people don't well, want to work for good quality and you don't get good quality with a stream because it's always going to buffer i don't care i don't care if you live in the middle of new york city down in freaking uh manhattan or wherever yeah. where you would think wi-fi would just be outstanding it's still going to buffer mm. it's still going to buffer and it's still going to let you down when you need it the most like when you're watching college football yeah so therefore i am a big proponent of just put in the work, set up your dish correctly. Okay. You know, I'm, that that's fair. That's fair. And I will say one thing that the dish has an advantage over the uh, streaming, you know, right. whatever, is you can change channels so much quickly, or so, excuse me, so much quicker than you would be able to if you're streaming. And let's say you've got a game on ABC, but then there's another great game on CBS. Exactly. Well, you have to switch, you know, you've got to switch. Uh, yeah. you got to go back to the homepage and... 
and switch yeah, up. Yeah, man. So, I mean, yeah, once you get the satellite dialed in, man, it's like, for instance, at the noon slate, we watched Florida State Clemson, we watched Auburn and A&M. I just hit the previous button. One go to a commercial, previous back to the other. Yep. One. When I, I, and I, I get pretty good in time and TV timeouts, mm-hmm. you know, with the two-minute mark or whatever. Two-minute mark, hey, go back, boom, right, we're coming back in. Right. Coming back in. You know, that takes a lot of practice and a lot of skill. Experience, to just yeah. Get, to get to that point where you just know of when they – and when a game, you should switch back to the primary game mm-hmm. uh, because of just experience of knowing, you know, you get a feel for it over yes. the years of watching. Yes. So when, when you're uh, when you're rotating games like that, so that's just a, a gift the good Lord's gave me. That, that um, is good, Adam. And uh, I'm proud of that fact. But anyway, it was a good day, man. We grilled some hot dogs. Oh, our buddy Sammy J. Waller came and uh, hung out with us, got some good homemade chili, man. So mm. I ate about three hot dogs at the tailgate. Nice, man. Uh, it was good. It nice, was good. Nice. So uh, just a good day of fellowship. Good, beautiful day. Good fall breeze, man. It's in the air. Let's go. All right. Time we'll of year. S- Just living, man. Just L-I-V-I-N apostrophe living. Living. Speaking yeah. of hot dogs, Adam, give us that Ooh. weekly concession oh, stand report. Oh, I got a report. good concession stand report from a uh, a friend of the show here, Miss um, Whitney Murphy, who is in the AGL program that I'm in, the Advanced in Georgia's Leaders in Agriculture and Forestry. That, mm-hmm. uh, it's a two-year program that we're in. And her family was at Sanford Stadium, Clark. Her okay. husband, Zach, and, and, uh, and two kids. And let me find it. I had it pulled up, and it went away. This is from the Murphy family from Statesboro, Georgia. So Southeast Dogs, man. I mean, I, I love the Southeast Dogs and the South Georgia Dogs in general because they got a haul to come up to Sanford Stadium when they come. Man, mm-hmm. that's commitment. Um, so uh, a lot of good – South Georgia dogs friends we have down there. So the Murphy family's concession stand report. Clark, do you know where they were sitting? Row 60. Row 60. Are section 116, row 60. So all, all of a sudden, you know, the row 60 experience. So good on the Murphy family being at row 60. So um, from the view of their daughters, Katie Lynn, who is eight, and Hallie Murphy, who is four. Nice. So, all right. So she said to set the stage, Hallie Murphy is quite the connoisseur of snacks. I'm proud of in the word good job Adam. anyway i just had to say that <laughs> yeah i should have just breezed through it like but i just had to point that out anyway hallie is only ever in, anywhere for the snacks this is the child who will get stark raging mad if there is not sufficient butter on a frozen waffle she was built for a concession stand report so i already set the tone <laughs> of what we're getting i love that yeah and uh and it's also um it's good to get the uh per um the perception of the, the children, you know, like right. that, what what the their view. thoughts are. The view is that what is that what, would that be the sure. right word for? Yeah, exactly. Perspective. So, yeah. Perspective. That's what it is. <laughs> the first concession stand nearest our section we passed upon entering the stadium um, was it open? It Uh-oh. said they would open that particular stand when the first quarter clock hit ten minutes, which is just that's weird, dumb. I don't understand that, but uh, that's a good report. We need to go back and figure out the reasoning right. behind that right. is. Um, I don't know if it's a just thing to have to see gauge the crowd or whatnot, but anyway, to the food, hot dog, my favorite item on the list, a nine of ten hot soft bun, solid all beef flavor, like old Joe Chestnut said. Yeah, the way you would expect a ballpark hot dog to be, love that popcorn. Another bad review on the popcorn card. Four of ten, that's less than 50%. Orville Redenbacher would be disappointed. It tastes like popcorn. That's about it. That's from her husband, Zach Murphy. Okay. With a brilliant something. I mean, just straight to the point. Just yeah. tells it like it is, man. Another blunt. just blunt point about the popcorn not being to the quality it needs to be in Sanford Stadium. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, when you disappoint Orville in the game of popcorn, man, you're not doing it right. That's no. that's that's the standard. Kirby Smart's standard in college football right now. Orville Redenbacher is a standard in popping popcorn. So, uh, again, it's <laughs> just something that's not good. Thank you, Zach, for that. Uh, the pretzel. The pretzel. A lot of mixed reviews on the pretzel we've had um, 
in years past with the salt ratio and everything. Mm-hmm. I, 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 for one, like it, but it can get a little bit too salty. Uh, seven to ten. I think that's a fair take. Sure. I'd say that about a 70% out of 100. Um, sufficiently salty and warm. So, again, uh, the Murphy family is 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 commenting on the saltiness of the pretzel again, too. That's been a common theme with the pretzel. Is it too salty for some? Not enough salt or, uh, you know, or the perfect blend. Um, sufficiently salty and warm when I bought it. Um if you uh, kids, if you know, you know, a little dry though. So uh, for the, the kids, I'm, I'm assuming uh, she means that it's a little bit dry. Right, and I understand that. Uh, Would have been better with a Chinese cup or mustard or a cheese. I was like, what? No, a Chinese cup. I got it. two cracks running down my phone. Look like Chinese right here, <laughs> but a, a cheese, cheese cup, cup or mustard. Yes, yeah, <laughs> or chocolate. Hey, that's a cheese cup. Yeah, yeah or chocolate. Exactly. Chocolate would be amazing. Exactly. But I agree. I agree with that, man. You gotta have a. Uh, you gotta have uh, some mustard or cheese cup with a good pretzel. So, um, seven to ten. That's a fair. I like that candy. Um, kids, ten to ten. You know, sour patch kids, Skittles. I think that's something you could always go to a gas station or the mm-hmm. San Francisco concession stands or the movie theater, get some Ike and Mike's something. They're not going to disappoint you. You know, yeah. some of those pre-manufactured candy that is there not having to be made on the premises, you know, Clark, that right. you get them from the plant on down that they have been mm-hmm. put in production for several years, and you're going to always have what you expect, right? Yes. More, more times than not. So uh, that speaks for itself. Souvenir cup coat, 9 of 10. And, and the new design on the cups are really nice and had good ice drink ratio. I love that. I'm, I, I hate when you're, there's not enough ice, especially the good quality ice now that we get at Sanford Stadium. Mm-hmm. So that's good. The Sprite was a little flat. Um you know, uh, I, I see that more and more with Sprite these days. I don't know if it's just because people aren't drinking Sprite as much, so it's it's pretty stagnant in in, hmm. in the uh, in in the machines these days, and and, and kind of gets that way. And people don't really gear towards making sure the quality of a Sprite and these carbonated beverages and these machines are to the standard of where a Coke, Coke Zero, or Coca Cola Classic is, right? Or Diet Coke, what you know. So uh, anyway, uh, extra points for the souvenir cups that have a lid. Uh, talked about that at uh, Mercedes Benz a couple of years back. That was big. Glad to see we've adopted that at Sanford Stadium mm-hmm. for parents that have kids. When you know you do not need to to turn over a Coke and it spill on the seventy two year old man in front of you. That can lead to some confrontation, especially mid game, right? You know, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, at mid game. So um, that's something that that is good on them. So I agree. Thank you for pointing that out, uh, Whitney. And uh, this is this is my favorite right here. Candied almonds, um, covered them in. And sugar, which made them delicious. They were served kind of warm and crunchy. I agree. I've had the almonds, the uh, uh, the, the pecans, everything, man, mm-hmm. and uh, the glazed pecans, uh, something that you get at the county fair, something you get at Dollywood if you've ever been to Dollywood. This is the time of year. October, November is the best time of year to eat a glazed almond or, um, or pecan. So... I like that. That that's a, I think that's a little key, a little hidden, little booth that's there that we, you mm-hmm. can get in your um, Sanford Stadium concession stand experience. So go check out, man. Get you uh, this October now. It's getting a little bit bit cooler, especially yep. the next home game, Kentucky. Uh, go get you some glazed almonds or pecans. Murphy family, great job on the concession mm. stand reports, Clark. I thought that was pretty good. Very. And, and I think what we're doing is we're building a lot of data of a lot of different people giving their opinion, and a lot of us saying. Love yeah, yeah. Love we'll have uh, we'll so, have enough to actually um, make a report know. and send it off to the university. 
at some point or another. Yeah, we'll have develop, like develop literal thesis. Yes, we and, got to develop a thesis, Adam, and, and, and let them know <laughs> what the people want, and maybe they can right. get, get in, uh, get us a part of the development team, and how do, how do we how we how we make the experience of others better? Right, in the concession right. stand realm. So that's do, something do, that they do. do, do this do. number, okay? Right do, all right, all right. Tighten that bad boy up. All right, go. all right. Good deal. Thank you, Zach, Whitney, and uh, their two daughters for a wonderful report. Glad y'all have fun in Sanford Stadium. DGDs right there. Go dogs. Go dogs. Well, we also want to thank a few more people. Patreon shout outs. Here we go. Rick Burkhalter, who we just mentioned earlier. He's a row 60 guy. Yes. Section 108 sits right beside us. Um, And then Jackson Hudson. Adam, you know Jackson, right? Yes, yes, yes. No Jackson. Um, He is, he is, him and his family are, uh, our chicken growers, oh uh, nice chicken farmers, uh, um, with uh, with the company I work for, and I go to their farm a good bit. Great people, great people, DGDs man, and, yep. and again Rick, you know he had he had the whole family there. He uh, sure did. Had yeah. his daughters and everybody last night. It's a good family game for Rick, and uh, and uh, it was great chatting with him last night. And Jackson's a good guy too. So we appreciate the support from them yep. and each and every one of you, man. Well, thank you all so much for joining Patreon. Uh, you are helping us create a community of fellow dogs all across the country. If you're not on Patreon yet and you want to join, just visit patreon.com slash row60, or you can download the Patreon app and search row60. It's only $5 a month. And every single penny will help us to create more content for all of our listeners. Yes. So here we go. Clark's fun facts. I've got some fun facts, Adam. I've had to do some research. And this is some col- common knowledge now. Uh, if you've been on Facebook or Instagram in the past few days, you've probably seen this. In his 100th game at Georgia, Kirby has broken Bear Bryant's SEC record wow. for win percentage through 100 games mm. and Nick Saban's mark for most on-field wins through 100 games at an SEC school. And I believe the total is 86 Maybe total wins Kirby's had in the 85. 85-15, It's unbelievable. The company's in there, Spurrier, Saban, Bryant, man. And you know how humble Kirby is and not wanting to get caught up in the media and, mm-hmm. and talking trash, what you're seeing more and more coaches do these days, man. He, <clears> just, said, he just said, I must have had a weaker schedule than they did. Yeah. You know, even though, you know, he he's his championships were won in playoffs, having to have that extra right. playoff game that uh that three seasons were in uh in there when he was in the playoffs, man. So uh unbelievable, unbelievable that he did that. Um, you know, Saban when it's with him, that's it's talking about him in Alabama, not his first head coaching job. Yeah. Same with Spurrier. Same with Paul Bear Bryant, Clark. And Philip Fulmer, and, and I Phillip think. Fulmer. Yeah. Well, Philip Fulmer, that no. would have been his first head coaching job at Tennessee. Because okay. he stabbed Johnny okay. Majors in the back. Just terrible human being. Mm. Terrible human being. Got old Johnny Majors, who was a respectable guy, even by Tennessee standards. And um and and and, and that was a bad deal in the early nineties, mm. how Phil former um got him out, but anyway, what Kirby's done is press of his first job being in Athens, head coaching job. What he has done, um, that's what I said. I look back when I read that was, man, man has been a heck of a ride. When he was hired in December of 2015, Clark, the goal was to be Alabama. Oh yeah, period. Oh yeah, you know it was period to be like that. And a lot of people saying, ah, we can't say that. You know, you're never gonna see that done again. But wow, what's happened in these these uh these few years, man, has been unbelievable. Ever since 2017 season, there's mm-hmm. not been a year, Clark. COVID year doesn't count. Football don't count that year. No. But there's not been a year where we haven't gone into the first weekend in December with national championship aspirations, man. Mm-hmm. Every We've ended the regular season every year in 17, 18, 19, 21, 22 with dreams and hopes of winning a national championship. Yeah. And two of them to capitalize on. And uh, this year's looking like it's going to be the same. And exactly. I, I think as a fan base, you can't ask for any better than that. Nope. Georgia is the only 
Let me let me emphasize that. The only SEC team to be currently ranked in the AP top ten. I, wow, if, if I had enough time, I'd go back and actually see the last time there wasn't two or more SEC teams right. uh, in the top ten, but I don't have time. So uh, we're just going to stick with that, that fact. Yeah. And then my last one here, Georgia holds the longest streak in the nation for weekly appearances in the top five, the AP poll top five. We've been in the AP t- poll top five 37 straight weeks. We've been ranked there. And uh, Michigan is next with 19 straight weeks. So wow. almost double the the time of Michigan. That, that's insane to me. Uh, it just shows the dominance these past two years under the Kirby Smart. Uh, under, under Kirby Smart, it's just been amazing, Adam. We keep saying this time and time again. It just keeps getting better because we keep winning and we keep winning and we keep winning. It's amazing. How many is that now, 21 straight? Yep, 21 it's straight. the longest win streak in the nation by far. And uh, – had to pinch yourself, man. I never would have thought that we would be in a position where Georgia's won 21 straight football games, back-to-back national championships. I'll never get tired of saying that and bringing up that we are the back-to-back national champions, man. And uh, 4-0 right now. 4-0, I don't care who 4-0. the opponent was on the schedule. They, they, Every every person that Georgia plays against still ties their shoes the same way and puts their pants on one leg at a time. Exactly. They're going to try to beat Georgia, and they're going to give Georgia their absolute best every time they're on the field. And Georgia has to receive everybody's best effort that they play yeah. and will going forward, and we'll talk about that more. But uh, um, just uh, tip of the hat, man, to this program and what Kirby Smart and staff has done. Mm-hmm. We are blessed as a fan base, and I have to pinch myself. Adam, I don't think you've ever actually pinched yourself. I have you, pinched myself thinking nah, about you it. Say it now. I have yeah, pinched you, myself <laughs> thinking about it. It is unreal. It is oh, unbelievable, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. And I'm thankful for every second of it. Me too. Me too. Georgia's offense, let's just hop right into it, uh, versus UAB. You know, Adam, there were a lot of really good play calls last night. I yeah. think in the past few games you could argue, okay, Mike Bobo may not be calling his best game. But last night, I don't yeah. think you can. If, right. if you know football, that's right. you can't, really can't complain about about Mike Bobo and the offensive game call or uh, game what plan game, game the plan game play plan call, that's, anything, that's what anything, I was like. yeah. anything the plan right. play calling anything you well, can't complain and, about. and you know there were a couple plays especially those deep balls we just didn't connect on you know no. and then th- there were several more where you know just we didn't execute right but right. the play calling I thought was amazing uh, let's talk about Carson it has Beck. Been. Yeah, let's talk about Carson Beck. He well, went- one thing I want to say real quick, okay, okay. because I'm tired of I'm tired of still hearing Bobo chatter. Right. Who who does people think that Georgia should have went and got after Todd Monkin, man? Like, I mean, if you're gonna get complain about Ty Monk, it's not like you let go of Monkin to get to get Bobo, and we're just keep beating a dead horse. But somebody's got to stand up for it and say something about it. Right. I mean, you hear everything, Bobo this, Bobo that, Bobo that. Let's t- let's think about it with reasonable just thought process, man. Alabama just hired Tommy Reese. Would you rather have Tommy Reese or Mike Bobo? Give me Mike Bobo. You know what I mean? I mean, look at the SEC offense coordinator hires and the track record of all of them. And, man, give me Bobo. Give me Bobo. I just I, – I, and, again, Clark, the offense, I thought, did a great job, did what this mm-hmm. asked, and uh, was and, and just – it's going to keep progressing. It will. Into the year, sure man. will. Carson went 22 for 32. 300. Line, oh, yeah, 338 yards, three touchdowns, and he also got a quarterback sneak for a touchdown, so four total. I mean, he's improving. He, he really is, and there, there's still sometimes he does look hesitant, but then there are other times, Adam, and I, I don't remember what it was, who he threw it to. I think it may have been Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. He hit a guy on a curl route. It's probably about 15 yards. I think it was around third down, second, third down is long. Yeah, and uh, he ripped it. He, oh, he ripped did, it. He threw the ball with a lot of confidence, and we're going to need that going forward. The deep ball, 
still, you know, you got to put a little more touch on some of them, but, you know, he, he will find that timing. He'll find that rhythm. And with there was his, one that was, that was a good ball that was dropped. Yep. And, I mean, you're going to have – but, hey, the plays are there. Mm-hmm. The plays are there. And you see the confidence is when he's stretching the ball downfield, man. And you see the, the, the confidence in the pocket <clears throat> a little bit more quicker release now he's getting to. And I think in the first half there was a couple times where he had a sack where he, he, he sidestepped in the pocket and, and went into the uh, the end, I think, crashing down. When yeah. more he could have got balled it a little bit more time but just stepping up in the pocket either taking off through that hole in the middle of the a gap or getting by some more time to step mm-hmm. up and make a make a good throw and uh he did that in the second half you saw that adjustment was made there with him and i've always said i think his footwork's there and i just i think he's doing what we've i just think as fans you just start comparing everything to what stetson bennett was last year and you can't help by human nature not be guilty of that and think of a fifth-year Stetson Bennett, and then especially in the 2022, Stetson Bennett was phenomenal. He I was mean, un- unreal, yeah. and um, you know, I mean, 21, all the, <clears throat> all what everybody. You know, we don't need a history lesson. We talked about it on the show, uh, but in 22, when he knew he was a guy, it was just another level of quarterback play mm-hmm. that I don't think we could fully appreciate until now. But people have got to stop looking and comparing this team. And I think this needs to be the message of this podcast, Clark, because I'm guilty of it. No, I think all of I us as Georgia too. fans are looking through it through the lens of what 21 and 22 were on both mm-hmm. sides of the football. And that doesn't mean that this team won't be great. And this that yeah. doesn't mean that this team cannot win the, uh, the expectations of a national championship this year. That doesn't mean it. But you can't compare them to that. you got to compare them to what you see in 2023 mm-hmm. across the college football landscape. And Carson Beck and his fourth start, I think, is doing what we've asked for him and – I'm proud to have him, and I don't really know if there's a quarterback in the SEC that be, oh, yeah, I head and shoulder want to be have more than Carson Beck, you know? I mean, I didn't think Jackson Dart looked great. I mean, then you got a, a Spencer Rattler who's played and started a lot of football games, man. I mean, he, he's probably – I think he's the best quarterback in the SEC right now. It's crazy. Sure. Thing. You could argue Spencer Rattler probably But is. I'd still rather have but Carson Beck I'd still rather Beck have Carson offense. Beck for what he's doing, yeah. and I also like the fact that I'm going to say I think Bobo is a great quarterback developer. Yeah, Possibly better than what Munkin was as a quarterback. As a, no, I'm not talking sure. – I'm talking about as a quarterback. Quarterback, pure quarterback developer, Clark. And I think as the more time that he spends with Carson Beck, the better he is going to get. And, yeah. I, man, I'm riding the Bobo Carson Beck train until the very end. And if it falls off a cliff and and you could rationally say that it was an issue at the end of the season, then I'll eat my crow for it. But right now, I'm waiting for it because it's going to continue to get better. And I was very pleased with what the offense did. I was very pleased with that. And the injuries, man, the injuries on both sides of the football. We'll start on offense. You still don't have Lad McConkey back. I have no clue when he's going to come back, if he does come back this year. Who knows? I think oh, he'll possible. come back. Hey, I don't know. We'll don't see. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think he will, but you never know with Kirby, man. He's like, it could be week to week till the playoffs. Well, you know, yeah. But I, knowing knowing what he's done in the past, he'll probably keep them till uh, like like he did George Pickens, yeah. like he did um, right uh, Ad right. Mitchell last I mean, year. Who knows? He'll probably keep man. him for the SEC who championship. Knows? Who knows? We don't play. know, but that's just how tight sealed Buttsmere building is. That people like me and you sure as heck ain't gonna know. But Amarius Mims, you know, he'll be out for fear for weeks now just hadn't um had surgery and that's a hurt that's hurts on the line man you want to see some more consistent play out of the offensive line i feel like but um blasky's hurt mims is banged up who knows who's playing that's banged up you know trying to find that rotation i think they will get better as it because the talent is there as as all progresses well brock bowers adam i'm convinced he is not a real human being i think he is an alien of some sort maybe some sort of a a robot yeah uh he's still banged up too yeah. He's been banged up all year, too. Listen to this. Nine receptions last night, 120 yards and two touchdowns. He didn't even touch the ball. Rush, you know, he didn't rush the ball at there all. Wasn't no jet sweep. Nope. Too. He now has 2,000 career receiving yards 
He also passed Tavares King uh, for touchdown receptions with 22 career receptions. I mean, he's only four games into his junior year. As a tight end. As a tight end. Yeah, that's unbelievable. unbelievable. He has had eight games, eight with at least 100 receiving yards. Once again, we're not even including the end arounds. Yes. Those kinds of touchdowns. He has had 100 receiving yards, eight different games in his career, and his seventh game with two touchdown catches at least. Yeah. I mean, how did, I, this I, guy is unbelievable. I mean, you're not going to see anything like it again. You're going to see, I mean, talented guys like Lawson Lucky when he comes back. I think the Bulldog Nation is going to be introduced to how good he is. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, but, but for what he is athletic-wise, being able to catch the ball, get the ball in space, and just break tackles and, and make stuff happen, you're not going to see that out of a tight end and, and combined with his blocking ability. Right. And I, I, I think it's something that we need to enjoy the rest of this year watching him play because it's our generation's Herschel Walker. Agreed. Ball. And it's just a, a a person that does not come around all the time. A generation, it's generational talent, man. Yep. And I love how humble he is, and a, a team guy that he is, man. And um, uh, something that I, I hope he continues to get healthy and mm-hmm. get to a hundred percent because I don't think he has been the first few weeks of the year. But we saw flashes of what he is. Oh, yeah. What he is, and when you target him, get him the ball, man. Mm-hmm. And and that, that that's comfort, especially when you're breaking in a new quarterback, is when you got a weapon like number nineteen. Agreed. There. Completely agreed. We had 9.9 yards per pass last night. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're starting to get a lot of guys. Can you ask better than that? No, you can't. I don't think you can. We're, we're getting a lot of guys, Adam, too, involved in the passing game. Um, even without Ladd McConkie, which I would argue is wide receiver one. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that's just yep. me. Yep. Uh, some would say Dom. Some would maybe say Ra Rob. I think it's Ladd. Uh, if, we're tr- if we're talking about true wide receiver. Obviously, right. our number one target has been and probably will be Brock right, Bowers. And lad from a slot guy position, right. too. But, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, what what a great addition, Ra-Ra and Dominic Love that's been. Yeah. Man, I thought Love it had a great game. Mm-hmm. Rosemey is just a guy that's been out there has been uh, – can make some some good plays, man, and always a guy – a good route runner and yep. a good guy we've talked about. There's just great hands, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and, really, you could you could throw the ball anywhere in the vicinity around him. He could get up and snatch it. That's oh, what yeah. I've noticed with him, man. And very <laughs> consistent. Uh, just a great wide receiver room. Agreed. Um, you know, and I think that's something that – You'll see them improve. You'll see them improve on perimeter blocking on the outside, man, and and and, and even more so explosive plays. But I saw their separation downfield from them. There was a few times where balls were either dropped or weren't the best throw, but it's there. It's, it's there, there, and it's going to capitalize, and they're, they're going to hit it more and more. And we've seen them connect vertically downfield, and we've talked about it again and again, but it's just football 101, man. When you have that threat, then they can't stack the box. They can't cheat those safeties up. When you have that threat of always being able to beat them deep, get behind that third level, and that makes it a whole lot more easier on your 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 offensive line and your running backs to establish a running game. And that's what you eventually want to do in a Kirby Smart football program, no matter who the offense coordinator is, is get to the fourth quarter and impose your will by running the football. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, once you get Lad back, you're going to have that deep threat. And I, I don't think we've really had it yet, honestly. I mean, you got Arian, and Arian can – he's a you know he's a speedster. But I don't know. I'm telling you, yeah. Lad is a lot quicker than people give him credit for. Yeah. Um, another guy that just continues to improve, to impress, Dejon Edwards. Yeah, it's man. good seeing him get some good touches. 12 carries for 66 yards, two touchdowns. Um, one more thing I want to add about the offense right quick. We did a great job, Adam, of converting on third downs. That's something we struggled there a right. little bit the first three right. games. Uh, we improved last night. Of course, you don't want to get into 13 different third down positions. Uh, but we went 10 for 13. That's a pretty good percentage. Oh, right absolutely. 
So. Absolutely, man. But having Dejon Edwards back and the guy that we talked about, you're going to have to, somebody in the running back room is going to have to step up and be the mm-hmm. guy saying, hey, I'm taking the majority of the totes. You can't take me off the field. I'm going to be the guy who gets the ball the most in that running back room and get high percentage and high positive yardage for you. And that's what Dejon does. I don't care if it's off the outside, if it's a, if it's a counter, it's a draw, whatever. He's going to go and he's going to get positive. That's what I like about him, man, right. is even when it's not there on a draw and the A-gap, he's still being able to at least far, far get you positive yeah. yardage. You know, first and 10 makes second and seven or so. Sure. Um, but but also a guy that can hit a hole, man, and 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 burst through that first level um, with, uh, with, with great bursts. So uh, I'm excited to see where his play's at and somebody – we can't afford to lose. I think that's right. going to be the guy on offense that we're going to look back and say, I mean, yeah, you can't lose number 19, but you definitely – I think right after that you can't lose number 30. Yeah, nor 86. Uh, yes, and, and knock and Dylan, on wood. Knock on wood. Yes, because Dylan Bell, I'm telling you, <laughs> and we talked about this last night as we were watching him, he can fly and he has the most – he's just quick, Acceleration right? Acceleration right, the ball. Yeah. And there's a difference between speed and quickness. I mean, yes. speed is – or maybe it's – yeah, yeah, speed and quickness. Speed is when you can just – it's like your top speed. How right. fast can you run? Quickness is how fast can you get to that speed. Exactly, right? man. And, and I mean, he just looks like he shot out of a cannon right when he gets the ball and goes mm-hmm. through the first level, man. And you know who he reminds me of? And it might be a bad comparison, but it's just what I, I think of is um, I think somebody who had that – it was good was pre ACL tear in 2013 Keith Marshall Ooh, like freshman yeah. 2012 yeah. Keith Marshall man had that just that I mean burst. just saw that burst mm-hmm. that burst and I mean of course there was they've had the talented running backs Michelle Chubb Gurley and um and and all those guys Swift or whatnot but it just seems like to me kind of reminds me of what Marshall looked like before his ACL tear his true freshman year especially in 2012. That's- um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, like maybe not. But to me, it sounds yeah, like, like it. So like one that. of those guys, man. If he's got a hole, he'll hit it. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. And uh, and that that's something that um, I think that, that uh, I love the fact we've talked about it too. That later on you'll see that he's going to be a guy. Obviously, as a receiver, who's going to come in. Let's take what Kenny McIntosh did so well last year for this offense to be able to catch the ball out in the flats, man, and uh, get some get some open field and, and, mm-hmm. and pick up some positive yardage that way. So, oh yeah, uh, definitely a guy who can catch the ball out the back backfield and make things happen there and be a threat and something that the defense is going to have to count for again when he's on the field so yeah a lot of good um got a lot of good tools in the in the toolbox here Clark for go. Mike Bobo and staff to work with and uh I'm excited I'm excited about the progression I know we sound like a broken record every week saying it but it's the truth to me it is the truth it isn't just just pumping you know rainbows and butterflies and sunshine all this stuff it, it's truly this what I see mm-hmm. and that's my opinion and I honestly think that the, the right way of looking at it that that's it yeah Offensive line, I thought, played great last night. Um, if you're going to grade them this season, uh, you know, I mean, I think they've underperformed. But last night, I thought they picked it up a little bit, especially in the second half. And uh, they, I think we did a good job run blocking. Well, and you got to move, you know, losing Mims hurts definitely. But I think Xavier trusted a pretty good job filling in for him. And then you got Dylan Fairchild starting as a guard now. Um, you know, I mean, I, they'll get better. I'm telling you, man, a group that's been decimated with injuries, and we don't know who I was even banged up and playing, like right. I alluded to earlier. But, you know, you lose Mims, that's tough. And I don't think even Blasky played last night, did mm. So, I mean, a lot of guys out there that you're going to have to plug and play and find the right group that uh, Coach Searles is going to have to – have to, and Coach Bobo are going to have to see. But, man, I don't remember a time – 
in the month of September, where I thought, man, maybe the Sam Pittman era that this this offensive line just looks outstanding. I, last year we were sitting here, Clark, talking about man, his offensive line. You know, are they? Yeah. I mean, truly, truly, yeah. we were. And 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 the year before, and with Matt Luke, we were doing that too. And by the end of the year, man, the right guys were on the field mm-hmm. and the depth kicked in. Mm-hmm. Even when, if you did lose some guys with injury, and uh, you know, we were very pleased with the product that was on the field there. So. Right. Is that going to happen this year? Yeah, I like to tend that way with uh with, with what's in that room, the talent in that room. But um, of course, it's not, and the recruiting hadn't been up to the standards of what it was back those years ago. So that might be an unfair comparison. But I still think this is going to be a very, very, um, a very good offensive line when yeah. all is said and done. But I guess uh, I'm not worried about it yet because it's been something that that I think that we've done this every September. And right. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I feel like that's something that's been a talking point. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. A lot. The first third part of the <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. They, they will gel. But for you're sure. exactly right. I thought it was a good night, man. And yep. Yeah. Georgia's defense. Adam, I, yeah, I first want to shout this guy out, Xavier Swarry. He is just playing out of his mind right now. He's got such quick sideline to sideline speed that I didn't um, notice. Yeah. I, I, didn't I, really. I, didn't, I didn't think, well, going into the season, yeah, didn't yeah, think yeah, about yeah. him, like play, watching him play mm-hmm. previously. And he's done such a good job. Uh, he's filling in, I think, for Smile. I don't know if Smile is still banged up or what. Um, Smile is – he's getting there, though. I think that Kirby's kind of working him back in, and he's doing Another a lot more rotating. Sideline to sideline speed. Right. Yeah, know? yeah, he is too. But he's doing a lot more rotating than I thought he was, especially in that middle linebacker position. Um, and then, obviously, outside linebackers, you got you got guys like Darius Smith coming in to, to, for Chaz. And, um, I love when he's on the field, man. Me too. I love when yeah. he's on the field. I think he's going to be good. Him and Marvin Jones Jr. and some of these guys, yeah. I want to see them develop and just somebody just, just you know, step up right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there's a weakness in this defense, it is I don't like – where how much that they're able to get the edge and and uh, breaking containment, yeah, uh, that running backs, quarterbacks scrambling, buying time, uh, anything like that uh, that that we're seeing on the edge perimeter play. We'll get to that. I want I want to say something about that here. Later okay, on, but go ahead with what you got. Well, I was just saying, you know, defense. We're still working out some kinks, right? Um, yeah. I think we're playing well. Last night, it's it's not to the standard though that we've seen in the years past, which is just kind of surprising to me. I don't think it's it's anything where you sound the alarms. Oh my gosh, we're going to stink this year. No, um, it's just not to the standard we've been playing. Now they may not have had a good game last night. I think moving forward, you've got to start playing better defensively. Yeah, Kirby knows that. Obviously, these guys know. It. I mean, this is not anything new to them. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Clark. You know, I, I've said I've been guilty of saying this could be the most talented Georgia defense ever. I did too, and, and <laughs> I said it because you're looking at it on paper in the off season, and you're looking at these recruits. These recruits, the secondary is just littered with talent, uh, man. And then you're like the defensive line. Yeah, there's not the Jordan Davis. There's not the Jalen Carter. Maybe we were two red and black glasses thinking that. But the, look at the experience, the Stackhouse, the Brentsons, the Walthours. All these guys have played so much football, man. Then you get the next wave, like the Jalen Carter, possibly Jordan Hall coming. In and progress. And I'm not saying that the defensive line is not going to be um, elite by the end of the year, but it's definitely not what we've seen the past two years. And I think, but that, but that is still very good. And again, again, we have to look at this team. And I've been guilty, and I've been guilty on this podcast of not doing it, but I'm going to be here to say on this episode and going into week five of the year, we cannot no longer view this Georgia football team like we 
compare it to 21-22, compare it to the rest of the landscape in college football. And when I compare this defense to the rest of the landscape in college football, Clark, it could still be definitely the best defense in the Southeastern oh, yeah. Conference, but also the best defense in the nation and one of the better defensive lines in the nation mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, and that's the thing, man, is you have got to have, and we said it from the beginning, elite defensive line, but well, and, and the trenches on both sides of football, but we're talking about defense, defensive line play to win SEC and national championships, yeah. man. And a lot of guys play football, and, you know, some guys banged up there too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think too. Yeah, we, we're. It's just we have so many injury, injuries right now, and some stuff is more serious than others. But I will say we need twenty-two back pretty badly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah man. Javon Bullard is just a difference maker, yeah. point blank. Period. I mean, he he really does attack downfield, and that's where you were talking about the edge, right? That's that's where we've seen guys like Lewis seen in the past. Javon Bullard, even Chris Christopher Smith, Smith man, exactly. they come downhill, Richard they fly, LeCount. Richard LeCount, they angles. fly downfield, and that's they right. make those tackles. And you don't get those five, ten, fifteen yard gains outside on the perimeter um, when those guys are in. And I'm not saying we don't have talent there. We've obviously, I mean, we're beating a dead horse if we if we keep talking about that, but. Um, but yeah, I just think I think twenty two is a different breed. He's a different breed, and he's the guy you want to have exactly right. And, and and piggybacking on that statement, Clark, what you're seeing offenses do now more with this Georgia defense and the identity it's established with this defensive front. I know I just said it might not be what we've seen obviously in twenty one twenty two, but still today it is a dominant defensive line oh, yeah. and some playmakers on that defensive line. So what you're seeing offensive coordinators stab and the offensive staffs going into the Georgia week is we got to get the ball out quicker. We are not going to be able with our offensive line and our front to just do traditional dropbacks and be able to 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 not uh and to be able to capitalize and move the ball doing that because I mean this defensive line will eat. So what do you do, Clark? You are running more. We saw South Carolina do it. We saw Trent Dilfer dialed up last night at UAB get the ball out quicker, get the ball to the edge, the perimeter, man, and uh have your wide receivers block and, and see what can happen in space doing that and and um you're seeing more mobile quarterbacks break containment extending plays like that so uh, that's where again where somebody like Bullard is so good is when they are doing that and doing those quick little bubble screens he's able to come in there crash cause some disruption uh get off a block where either he makes a tackle or they have to bounce it back behind the line of scrimmage and mm-hmm. and uh his guys more 11 hats flying the football coming and that that'll help them there but uh that's the big thing I think with secondary cornerbacks and stuff we're going to have to do a better job with is not just just cover, but getting off blocks and being physical yeah. because you're going to see more and more of that is the way to attack this joint. So that's why I'm not concerned with everybody talks about quarterback hurries, you know, or or the pass rush. Where's the pass rush at? You know, why why is it not there? It's because I just think these offensive coordinators are game planning that they have to get their quarterback has to get rid of the ball quickly, man, yeah. and that is hard to 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 have. Sack numbers, you know, padded sack numbers or yeah. whatever on, on that. So. Well, the key to, I mean, to beating this Georgia defense the past three years has been you've got to have an elite quarterback with elite receivers, and you've got to be you got to have a pretty doggone good offensive line and a in a running game. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much have to have everything have to yeah. beat That's right. Georgia, right? That's right. Ohio State. I mean, you saw what they did. They got close, and I mean, they mm-hmm. had they had Travion Henderson. It might have been a different game. I don't know. That's a good but, point, Cole. But I mean, you got a little and, bit of balance, right? There, even then, though you have the rules. And then think about the 2021 Alabama team, right? Yeah. You had all those weapons. You had John uh, Jamison Williams. You had John Mechie. You exactly. had a running game. You had a, I mean, a good offensive line. 
They always do. You had elite quarterback, quarterback, right? That's right. That's, that's right. what it takes that's to right. beat Georgia. Same thing and, 19 with Burrow. Right. Best of them all, man. And uh, 2020 Alabama, you can talk about that. Even even 2020 Florida, Clark, with Kyle Trask and, oh. and some of them. I mean, they. Yeah. I mean, at, at that point, <laughs> that day, he was, he was, he was, they he call was playing hiding in mind, a bottle. man. And, you know, yeah. So, I mean, you have to have that to move the football in Georgia's defense. And um, that's something you're going to see these coordinators yeah. try to do is, I think, try to make good stuff happen out on the perimeter. And that's something that I think why open field tackling and getting off blocks mm-hmm. and our secondary guys being disciplined doing that is going to be big. But yep. that's one thing, man. I, I, if 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 there wants, and I'm not worried about the defense. I think it will end up being one of the best defenses in the nation, if not the best, by the end of the year. Um, because, but I guess you lose guys like number four, number twenty nine, and eighty eight, especially number four and twenty nine from a leadership. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Christopher Smith and Nolan Smith. But what you're seeing there, and, and I want to say this, uh, I think a lot of people are talking about Jamin Dumas Johnson, and everybody knows I love some Jamin Dumas Johnson, that maybe, you know, he's getting beat, not getting out sideline, sideline speed enough. But what I love about him, I think he is the leader. I think he's the quarterback of the defense, Clark. And I think you got to have him on the field. Um, to me, from the outside looking in, that, that's your leader. That's your guy. Yeah. That's your guy. That's your Nolan Smith. That was your Kobe Dean or, or whatnot. Your quarterback of the defense, your middle linebacker there who gets everybody in position, has that defense clicking. Right. So right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful yeah. for him. Well, just a, one more note. Uh, and this is easier said than done. I can't go out there and play defense at a collegiate level, me at any either. level for me that me matter. Either. Nope. No, you probably could. You were, you were a safety back in the day. I couldn't play collegiate football. I might could play D3. some. I might could play some. Now nah, I probably could play some. Uh, some. Uh, some flag football. Okay. <laughs> some. Some men. Men. Thirty. Thirty yeah. year old flag league football yeah. down at the uh, the recreation. Well, field. anyway, you know, maybe. Yeah, uh, and this is easier said than done. But I'd like to see just a little more aggression from our uh, defense yeah. and, and just quicker Nasty, awareness. Um, that's one thing I think we've been spoiled by is is just very quick. Hey, play recognition. This is what's happening, and that that takes time to develop, and it will. Uh, no concern there, yeah. but. Just moving that's it, forward. Man. That's what I like to see. I agree, man. Don't break containment. Yep. Get to the flats. Make some plays out there. Don't let don't let offenses get anything cheap with yeah. getting dumping the ball off, check down, or in the flats, picking up some positive yardage or quarterback breaking containment. Right. You work on that, man. We're good to go. Good to go. Georgia's special teams, one thing that's not good to go, Adam. Mm. We've got to take better care of the football. Um on special teams. We lost yeah. two fumbles. That's not good. One That'll on, get you beat. Right. That won't get you beat. Exactly. Actually. One on kickoff return and another on punt return. Mm. You got to be careful. Um, And thankfully, it was against UAB, right? Right. But if you go into Auburn and you do that kind of stuff, that stuff kills you. No, you can't win championships doing that. Mm -hmm. Turning the ball over in general, you can't do it. You especially cannot turn the ball over on special teams, man. It's a huge momentum uh, swing. Muse has been a great punt return, Clark. Um, everybody makes mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he got a little too cute last night. That phone we're trying to make a little bit too much out of nothing that was there, and and um, I think when. A lot of people are guilty of that, especially guys like Muse, who knows he can bust off plays. Just in my opinion, I do think that there's times where you just try to bounce around a little bit too much, and right. like I said, make something out of nothing that you you set yourself up vulnerability of getting that ball mm-hmm. either popped out or stripped, yep. and uh, that's what happened last night. And I know Coach Muschamp, uh, special teams, Curb Smart, and everybody will be talking with him about that. But it's still an electric guy back there, and the guy I'm glad we had back there. But Agreed. I just think that was a mistake on his part of really more so of just trying to do too much right and losing that ball uh peyton woodring i think he was seven for seven yeah he was seven for seven great extra points don't great. know if he attempted a goal but hey 
those extra points are big. We need every single one of them moving forward. That's all I have about Georgia special teams. Nothing. Yeah, man. Really else. Say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, just just overall, can I just cap the game? Sure. What I Go thought, man. Um, I, I mean, of course, one of these things that with Georgia, this this rendition of it again, compare it to twenty twenty three Georgia. What you're seeing, do not compare it with the past two years. Compare it with the rest of college football out there, and I still feel very good about where Georgia is mm-hmm. because, man, who out there in college football scares you right now? I mean, there's some teams there you can talk about. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's a few. I mean, you, I, some of them are in the West Coast. Yeah, Washington and Oregon. Washington, now they haven't played nobody, but dang, they've been beating the brakes off and putting up some points. And Oregon looks good, man. And I mean, there's some, there's some, but all in all, I feel like. Georgia's in a good spot. The schedule just sets up so well for us to continue to get better each and every week. Georgia's going to get everybody's best shot. Everybody, it's everybody's Super Bowl now. That's what us as fans going to have to get used to is Georgia's in uncharted waters of being back-to-back national champions, ranked number one, having that target on their back. Everybody's getting up for them. Like we said, that's where the parades are going to be at on the Fridays on campuses when Georgia goes there. That's when everybody's wanting Georgia tickets to go see their team play Georgia oh, yeah. because they want to be there in case there is an upset in a, for- in a field storm. So that's just where our football program is. And as a fan, you love it because everybody hates Georgia now. So you're going to get – Georgia's going to get everybody's best shot. Nobody's going to just lay down for Georgia, right? There's yep. Nobody's not going to show up when they play Georgia. Everybody's going to play above their level. I, I think coaches are going to coach above their level. Um, uh, when, when Georgia comes to town, they go to Sanford Stadium, man. And then you're also having a team that Kirby Smart says is probably the worst injury-plague team at one time that he has had in his whole entire tenure here at Georgia Clark. And that says a lot. That does. So that says not even the ones we know about, others who are still playing have lingering Mm-hmm. Injury. And you see that a lot of them just banged up, debt kicks in, you know, in November, right? Right. But now we're seeing it in September. So once, see what happens when these guys get healthy, man. Yeah. The ones we're blessed to get back, and hopefully, it, uh, old lady luck doesn't. Uh, keeps continues just to smile down on us, and and it doesn't plague us anymore. But. Um, that, that's stuff that could derail seasons, and it's tough. And everybody in college football deals with it. But Georgia, I think, can take the blow a little bit more. of Because this could be – this would absolutely do most teams in and most programs in to have the injuries that Georgia has had to this point forward. But because of the debt that we have in the recruiting, um, you're not seeing it as bad. But it's still something that we've got to get our guys back, Clark, and get sure some do. of these playmakers back. And, I mean, there's six starters out, Clark. That's six insane. starters out that were on in, so Playmakers, I mean, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these, like, these guys aren't just, you know. When you're talking about Georgia at work or in the grocery store, we, we talk about, or going out to eat and you see somebody and, and everybody say, oh, what's going on with Georgia this year? That, that kind of thing. As the spoiled fans that we are, keep that stuff in mind. Yeah. Well, All a right. team that we're definitely going to get its best shot from. Without a doubt. The Auburn Tigers. Hugh Freeze. Blah. Blah. <laughs> Georgia versus Auburn. Deep South's oldest rivalry this Saturday. Boom. Do we give a bump up a bum now or should we wait? Let's do it two times. Two times. Why not? Ding. 3.30 CBS. If you're watching from home, God bless you. Man. Got to listen to Gary Danielson. Excited, yeah. You got. Hey, he wasn't on the three thirty call. Oh, was he? He was not. He was not. There was a different team than uh, than than Gary. And, Interesting. Uh, so I mean, wow. that, yeah, I couldn't believe that. So I don't know. Maybe we don't get Gary, but now I'm sure he'll be in Opelika for that game. Clark, uh, man, I love this game. I love beating Auburn. I, yep. I can't stand Auburn. I hate Auburn, and um, it's something that uh, you know, they got they they got a lot of hope with Hugh Freeze. I think somebody who will have Auburn at a level that they hadn't been at in a long time. Uh, a coach I respect from an X's and O standpoint. Not in any other standpoint. No, 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 <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Well, here's some history. Georgia is 63, 58, and 8. This is a back-and-forth rivalry. It kind of always has been. Uh, this is the 128th meeting 
And I believe there's only one other rivalry. Uh, what's the longest-standing rivalry? Probably Minnesota. I don't know. Is Virginia, North Carolina? I think that's, that's the tied. South's oldest rivalry. Right. I and, think uh, that's tied with us, but I think yeah. there's one more. I, I, I think it involves Minnesota. I don't know, Clark. Somebody uh, fact check and was drop Minnesota. a comment. I don't know. Maybe. Something like I, that. I don't know. I don't know. That's, anyway. uh, that's interesting, man. Yeah. But uh, something that has been great is we have dominated Auburn. Going back to the Mark Rick years, Mark Rick owned Auburn. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. You think about it, man. Starting from the beginning of the century. Starting from the beginning of the yeah. century. Since so. 2000, Adam, Georgia is 17-7 and seven against right. the Tigers, and Mark Rick had a lot to do about that. Kirby, though, has only lost once. He's yeah. And avenged, and yeah, avenged, and he avenged, he avenged the only loss. That's exactly right. Because, yeah, I mean, Georgia won. Georgia, I think they got beaten 2000, 2001, 1-02, 1-03, lost in 04, lost in 05, 1-06, 1-07, 1-08, 1-09, lost in 10, 1-11, 1-12, lost in 13, 1-14, 1-15, 1-16 in an upset when they were a top-10 team and Georgia was unranked. Lost in 17 the first time in Jordan Hare, but beat their tail in the SEC championship, baby. 1-18, 1-19, 1-20, 1-21, going to win in 23, baby. Oh, yeah. Boom. A little uh, – dang. I, I was – Impressive, Adam. That was that's impressive. Did you look it up on Wikipedia no, before you got not. here? No, I did you not. didn't. That's have an to. old memory bank right there. <laughs> Adam, you could I could tell you hate Auburn. I'm sure everybody else can as well. Uh, quarterback situation at Auburn, Adam, is a glaring issue. Mm-hmm. Peyton Thorne, that Michigan State transfer, just doesn't look very comfortable in the pocket. Uh, he looked terrified against AM. They feasted. I don't remember the amount of sacks they got, but he looked like he was just having some trouble. And whatever happened to the uh, number nine, or Ashford kid? He's still there, man. I think we'll see a lot of them Saturday. Really? I, I think that's what Hugh Freeze and uh, his offensive staff will try. I could be completely Is wrong. Is that their wrinkle? This. But I think it'll be their wrinkle that they will try to get Ashford out and break containment against this Georgia defense, try to get him out and see if he could do anything um, and, and with his legs. Also, maybe some RPOs, stuff like that, and uh, and getting the ball out on the yeah. perimeter a little bit. I think I don't think you're going to – they're gonna. I don't think they'll, they'll – Boo the ball on this Georgia defense with either one of them, but I definitely don't think they'll do it with Peyton Thorne, just a traditional drop back passer like that in yeah. a sense. I mean, he might have some mobility. I don't know, but definitely not what Robbie Ashford has. Very athletic kid Ashford is. Mm-hmm. I would expect maybe, and I could, like I said, I have not really watched much of Auburn at all this year, but I would expect Ashford to uh, be a huge part of the game plan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, maybe I, get majority of the snaps. Maybe a start. I don't I, know. Who knows? If I'm Hugh, if I'm Hugh Freeze, though, I'm getting, and we talked about this just a while yeah. ago, I'm getting the ball out quick, and I'm getting it out to the, the perimeter. Um, they're going to really target a guy named Jay Fair. He is mm-hmm. very fast. He's a big playmaker, uh, 5'10". He's not huge or anything, but he can run quick. He's going to be getting the ball a lot. Another, A couple other guys they're going to get the ball to uh, in the run game, Jarquez Hunter and Damari Austin. Uh, got a pretty – Jarquez Hunter. Mm-hmm. Feels like anyway. he's been there forever. Got a pretty solid running back room. They're gonna do. They're gonna do pretty good. Well, they looked abysmal in College Station. They did. From what I saw, the <laughs> no, highlights of yeah. read the stats, I was like, "Oh my gosh, they look like Vanderbilt moving the football, man." <laughs> I mean, it, it was bad, but yeah. and they, they looked bad in California, right? Only put ten points. On I the wasn't impressed. But again, they're playing Georgia. Right. So they're gonna be up. Hugh Freeze is gonna have a game plan. If they don't have the horses to capitalize it effectively, I don't think to get beat. But it is Georgia's first. A lot of guys' first road trip. Man, a yeah. lot of guys, a lot of starters, first time being on the road in a hostile environment. Who's excited to have Hugh Freezley in this program? And 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 make no doubt, I hate to say it, I, I hate to say it more than anybody. The trajectory of Auburn's going sky high, straight up with Hugh Freeze. I think. 
Yeah. I think he is a major upgrade over Brian Harson. Um, Anybody be better than I, Gus Malzahn. You are a major upgrade exactly. over Brian Harson. You're right. Ab- you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> That's, That's not a slight towards you either. But no, you're right. And it's but what I'm saying is there's some some excitement there. Yeah. I mean, obviously you could go anywhere in the SEC and get beat, but I just don't think it's going to happen yet to Auburn. I think Hugh Freeze will eventually be a thorn in Kirby's side a couple years every now and then. I'm not saying going to beat him multiple years in a row, but might pop one off every fourth year or so. Yeah. Um, but. I, I do think that uh, he will have a game plan. I think there will be some stuff where they will score more points on Georgia than what we saw in College Station or even in California just just because, man. Just because they're going to play with their hair on fire, home game, right. Georgia, rivalry. Hugh Freeze's first first game in the rivalry. But – um, it's not the it's not the first game against Kirby Smart as head coach though, Adam. No, remember I don't the last that. time I don't uh, Kirby that. and Hugh Freeze matched oh up. So look where we come we'll from. We'll just flush that down. Look where we come from from that. And if oh, people yeah. know who was in Oxford, Mississippi that day for that beatdown. Huh. At halftime, I was like, I don't think I've ever watched a worse beatdown. I said, I can't yeah. believe it is to the Ole Miss Rebels in Oxford, Mississippi. But it happened. It but it happened, and I it's rem- just buildings. You know, it's just bricks being built and laid to get right. where we're at now to get to the pinnacle where we're at now. Yeah. Auburn's defense, Adam, they have been playing better this year. I guess that's not saying a whole lot, but uh, they, they've only given up about 298 yards per game. I looked that up okay. on ESPN. So. Right. How about that? But granted, they've played who? Sanford, California, and uh, uh, A&M. UMass. 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 And A&M. Yeah, so. I think um, you know Ron Roberts is their defense coordinator. I think a you know, respectable guy. He was at Baylor. I don't know if he just left Baylor or was kind of pushed out by Dave Aranda at Baylor to right. come to Auburn, but a guy who is a veteran defensive coordinator. So, how you know names of defensive and offense coordinators from just random I don't teams? Know. No, I don't no, you do. I, you do. I, I don't. I just it just. Yeah, just you really do. No, I, I mean, there's unbelievable random, amount of knowledge random, in Adam Thornton's head about about coordinators. I wish there was more knowledge and memorization about other things. Like <laughs> this morning, for instance, when I went to church, I forgot to to get the the towels out of the the closet Uh-oh. and go to the laundry room, Uh-oh. and I didn't. Uh, that that wasn't that was not a good deal. That was not a good deal. My <laughs> wife wasn't too happy about that. So yeah, I don't do good for myself when I'm come out with these facts that I remember on this show, but then I do not remember to take the uh, the towels from the bedroom to oh, the laundry. Man. To the laundry room. Oh boy, that's just. I, that's just, that's just like I that. told her, man. I said, I said she knew it going in. It's just how the good Lord made me. Exactly, you know? exactly. So <laughs> you, she was warned. She was warned. Right. Uh, some keys to the game, Adam. The battle is and always is, always has been, always will be. One at the line of scrimmage in any given football game. It's so true. But especially, especially this game, I think. If you're Georgia, if you're the offensive line, you've got to give Carson plenty of time to go through his reads uh, and his progression. And run blocking, I think it's going to be critical this game. You got to run the football on any given SEC team if you want to win, and uh, I think I think we're capable of doing that. But we need to see that Auburn. They're going to try to attack the edges, like you were talking about. Linebackers and DBs, you got to step up and just stay disciplined and make those good open field tackles, like you were discussing yep. earlier. Yep. Uh, limit turnovers and penalties, and then just pin your ears back and get to the quarterback. That's right. I mean, I. Especially, especially if it's that Peyton Thorn kid. I mean, you you can tee off on that. That's right, man. I think uh, definitely, like you said, they're going to try to get an attack uh, linebacker, get to the edge, man, and really going to have to have a good play from linebackers and DBs. I think Hugh Freeze will definitely dial up something that they're going to get the ball out quickly. I think we're going to see a lot of design runs. We're going to have to look out for RPOs with mm-hmm. uh, with Ashford. A lot of design quarterback runs with him coming in, man. So, uh, But doing what this George defense does, and that's not being able to let people run the ball on them. Right. And, I mean, you just suffocate opposing offenses when they have no running game and have no exactly. chance to be balanced 
and they have to be one-dimensional going through the air because when you force teams to have to throw the football, um, more good things for the defense can happen than bad. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. You're either going to – it's going to be an incompletion, an interception, or a catch. So two or three of the good, good things, <laughs> yeah. right? I that's mean, a good so, point, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what you want as a defense. Make them beat you with your arm, and there's not a guy. There's not – there's not uh, – Robbie Ashford, Peyton Thorne ain't going to beat you with their arm. And if they do – We've tip got some hat. issues. Whatever. I and mean, then just, just tip not, your hat. Not who we thought they were. <laughs> exactly. But, but my key to it, Clark, start fast, man. Yeah. You want to get these guys who are making their first start at the SEC on the road, especially guys like Carson Beck, but guys like whoever it may be, if it's going to be um, Dalen Everett, it's going to be Julian Humphrey, who are they going to rotate them, the guys at cornerback? These guys who are going to get their first start on the road, man, start fast. Build some mm-hmm. confidence up and take the crowd out of it. Exactly. That would be, it would be nice to get up like 21 nothing in the first quarter and like have some people say in Opelanco, I'm going to go back to the tail gate man yeah. i'm not gonna watch this i'm not gonna watch this don't let them linger around not give up just st- don't turn over the ball on special teams or, or give auburn good field possession by turning the ball over um in our own territory and give them a short field to either capitalize on field goal touchdown and what i'm saying is whatever you do and i don't care what the records are when you linger around and you let stuff linger in Georgia yep. Harris stadium weird stuff can happen oh, yeah. and you can attest that we've been there we've seen it man it's a dangerous place to play especially when they're up and rowdy and uh i, I don't think they will be – I mean, the crowd might be juiced pregame a little bit, but it's not like what we've seen. But how you get them juiced, Clark, is, is shooting yourself in the foot. I think that's the only way. I don't think all yeah. – they might come out with a good script, the first offensive possession, Clark. Yeah. And we may be Hugh like, Freeze oh, can gosh. do that. He can do that. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of – and come out. They might march down the field. And they might score. It wouldn't surprise me if they go – if they take the ball, go up 7 nothing, march down. I'm not going to be worried about it at that point. Right. Georgia will settle in. But it would be nice to see Georgia play – Four quarters like they played the third quarter of the last couple of games, exactly. man. And uh, but I think to do that is do what we did this last week, man. Drive down the field, score in the first offensive mm-hmm. possession, build some confidence, take the crowd out of it, man. And then you know get to a point where you're imposing your will and like you said on both sides of the line of scrimmage, getting the push on the defensive line, getting the push on the offensive line, run the football in the fourth quarter, and let's get back to Athens, man. No more injuries with yeah. a big win in Auburn, Alabama. Agreed. I think you do that, which this team's very capable of. It's going to be a very, very fun day on the Plains and a big nationally televised CBS audience beat down Auburn, baby, Love to it. go 5-0. and Woo! <laughs> go! Let's do it. All right, last week's games right quick. Let's just run through some of these first of all. <laughs> oh, man, this is great. I just love this. Florida love State too, at Clemson. I missed it, but I love it. Yeah, I did too. 30, oh, no, 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 I got Florida it. I got State, it. Yeah, yeah, I picked Florida State. Oh, pick but I did not expect this. 31-24 to 24 overtime, overtime win. Man. Unbelievable how it. Clemson lost that game. I love it. I, I love it too. Dabo's so. magic's running out, man. Yeah. He's just, he doesn't know. I mean, all the, the cute fairy tale stories that he's got of, the, you know, bringing kickers in from Charleston on Sundays to have come <laughs> – attempt game-winning field goals, yeah. you know, and have just this storybook ending about how Dabo was planning probably, at the, you know, when everybody was going to gather at the Tiger Paw after he made the field yeah. goal to talk about how he believed in this kid and what a story we can learn from. Right. You know, what a story right. we can learn from of, you know, you think your time's over, but you come back and – Redemption. And, redemp- and, you know, and how Dabo's just a genius to yeah. hear his son say, hey, we still got this kid enrolled in school. Let's bring him to kick. And we bring him in to kick, and he hits uh, the game winner against yeah. Florida State. Woo-hoo. You know, just we brought him in. You know, he just joined the team. Monday and he was going to come be the the hero, right? You know that was that was the Disney that was going to be the second Disney Clemson movie, right? Oh yeah, right. Yep, right. Wrong. Didn't happen, baby. <laughs> 
Oh, that's oh, so satisfying. I love it. I love it. I, love it. I think there's going to have to be some reevaluation yeah. in that program if they're going to want to compete at the current landscape of college. I don't football. even know if you make it to the ACC championship at this point. I don't, I don't man. Know. I mean, you got yeah. Miami. I mean, they still got Notre Dame coming to town. I don't know if they play Miami this year or not, but it's more. And then you got Duke playing good ball. I don't right. know if they do, and I love it. I love it. Let them go to the Cheez It Bowl. Yep. Let them go to the Cheez It Bowl. And and rain down and go Cheez Its on Dabo yep, Sweeney. That's right. After they're going to go to the Cheez It Bowl on December 27th, Clark. And then they're going to go play – who would they be playing in the Cheez-It Bowl? Probably this year you could see it being like Texas Tech. Yeah. They'll play Texas Tech in there the Cheez-It Bowl two days after Christmas. Get home for the new year. Oh, man. Ah, yeah. Love it. Love it. Ole Miss at Alabama, 24-10. to 10. Alabama pulled away there in the second half. It did look really close. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't really impressed by Ole Miss. Were you, Adam? No, I was not, man. I was disappointed. I picked Ole Miss. I, th- I kind of thought, like, this is if Lane was ever going to get them, this was going to be the year to yeah. do it, right? And should have known better. Should have known Alabama would uh, would win that game. But, uh, uh, you know, for what, what Kiffin did, you know, the the, the stuff he, he made up the narrative that T-Rob was calling plays and Kevin still wouldn't and trying to get some distraction in Tuscaloosa. A lot of smack talk, man. And it comes out there and as for the offense coordinator that he is, the offensive, I guess, mine, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And just uh, just to put up ten points, man. Um, this Alabama defense is good, Clark. I think they're really good, and I think they're they're getting back the traditional um, defenses that you saw. Not as good now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're getting back to what it was like when Kirby Smart was there. But there's some definitely some dudes on that defense. But yeah. the offense, I'm still not impressed with well, that Alabama. And Alabama is one of those kind of deceptive teams they they kind of like oh yeah the dynasty's over and i mean we're sitting here a week or two ago after the texas game well, talking like they don't show up in south florida right you know? yeah 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 and so you start to catch you start to think okay yeah, is this the end? turmoil in the but, locker room yeah but <laughs> now you know i mean they didn't look great but at the same time it looks like they're kind of starting to figure it out a little what bit. What it surprised if they went eight straight? Go, no, go it wouldn't. And one, that, that's the thing. It no. wouldn't surprise me either. No. It wasn't surpri- but then again, I could see them getting beat by the A&M, Tennessee, LSU, exactly. the likes, but a lot Who of knows? them are home games, man. I think A&M's only road game, um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll yep. see. I think it's going to be very interesting. Did they go to um, Auburn? They go yeah, to yeah, Auburn. they go to yeah, Auburn. Um, you know, there's some voodoo tricky. that happens there at Auburn oh, yeah. when Alabama comes to town on years where they shouldn't beat them. So, and then, I don't know, man. I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see up in there, but yeah, crazy. Next game, Colorado at Oregon. What a beat down, forty-two to six. Good job, Dan Lanning. Yes, good job, Dan. Lanning. Thank you, Dan. Man. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, and the only reason, man, it's just gotten out of hand. The uh, the hype that Colorado's got, the free advertising for recruiting yeah. Dion's got. I haven't been a fan of that. I hadn't been a fan of the just bystander college football fans that have been brought in because of Dion. All of a sudden, they're interested in college football, and that's fine. But Josh Pate said it best, Clark. I think when I listened to one of his shows, he said, "But they're coming in, but then they won't give their opinion." on everything right like right one guy tweeted out Dion's just ahead of the curve Clark he's he's got practices where he's pumping in crowd noise and the and organs fight song yeah I mean look at this man it's unbelievable like that's been going on for decades literally decades football, yeah man. and and I, I nothing against Dion or anything like that it's just the people of the hype of Colorado I'm ready to see it put to bed and it was put to bed in, in uh in Eugene last Saturday and I think an even bigger reality test will come um when Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams in Southern California Trojans come into Boulder. Yeah. Arkansas at LSU battle for the golden boot. Adam, man, that was it. a close game. Close game LSU man. 
squeaked it out 34 wild if LSU got its second loss. I know. Already. Yeah. I hate it for Sam Pittman, man. Would have been a monstrous win for Sam. And Especially he on the road. It. He yeah. needed it. He yeah. needed that, but uh, he didn't get it. But Arkansas's a good football team, even though they've lost to BYU and barely lost this one. Maybe they'll make some noise and pop somebody that they're not expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoping. I just hope that the wheels don't fall off of the pit boss, man, because um, of how much we love him. Oh, so. yeah. Texas at Baylor. Adam, I said this one would be close. <laughs> it was close for maybe well, five minutes in the football game. Yeah. And then uh, Texas did. They they pulled away. 38-6. Texas, Texas playing good ball, man. After yeah. You know, there hadn't been a letdown after that. Uh, you know, maybe they let Wyoming hang around for about three quarters the week after going to Tuscaloosa and getting that win. But mm-hmm. bouncing back, going to Waco, uh, putting up a very impressive score there. And it's going to be interesting. Texas-Oklahoma game should be interesting. But Texas oh, yeah. is definitely in line for that, what we've talked about, Clark. If they, they still got the mulligan in their back pocket where they could lose, not show up, and lose to somebody like Kansas State right. and still go on and win the Big 12. But because of that win in Tuscaloosa, I still – and how the layout of college football has been, I said this in the preview show, can make the playoff. I yeah, think. they I sure can. I think that in, more and more every week they're solidifying that they are a, a, a very, very high potential team that could mm-hmm. be in that 14 playoff, mm-hmm. man. And I think they, of course, could lose a game and still do it. And yeah. It could be like Kansas State like they do. But right now, man, I don't know. They might run the table. We'll, we'll see. see. This one, ESPN Instant. Actually, it wasn't ESPN. Woo, it was man. NBC. NBC. Instant Classic. NBC, yeah. Ohio State at Notre Dame. My gosh. I hate it. I 17 hate to 14, it. Ohio State. I mean, uh, hey, props to them. They came back. They drove down the field on that game winning. Uh, touchdown, just unbelievable. You know, you know and, and it's not good when you have 10 defensive players on the field. Yeah. That doesn't add up. Especially you at the end of the game. That. Yeah, Adam, I mean, they should have been counting like oh, you yeah, Exactly. That's what I've said, Clark. <laughs> it should be inexcusable for any collegiate team, any football team, period. I don't care what level of it. The coach has to have a designated counter. Your job, I don't care if you're on defense or offense, right. you count the people. Or then special there should teams. be a signal. Or special teams, exactly. There should be a signal that you relay that that's your primary job to make sure there are 11 guys, you just get one person who has capable to count to the number 11 just count all fingers add one more add the index again after you're done with the, the 10 that you got yeah, and if you got them you on go. the field then okay but if you don't if you have 12 or if you have 10 there needs to be a universal sign for each team doing one of these numbers where you're on the sideline that you could relay into a coach so we got to get a timeout in and we got to get this corrected right and well, and it blows my mind i mean i've never been on a coaching staff so I, it's unfair of me to speak of but especially at college you have 800 staff members clark 800 staff members just roaming around. Somebody's job has got to be to count the guys on the field, especially in a pivotal moment yeah. like that. And, and, you then, know, and, and here's the thing. If you don't have if, – if there's a situation where you only got 10 guys and you're about to play for the game-winning touchdown, right, uh, and you're on defense and you're trying to stop that team from scoring, just run a guy on the field. It doesn't yep. matter. It could be anybody. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, backup punter. You know, they had the, they only had 10 guys on the field when they threw that pass to Bouquet on the one-inch line, right? Yeah. And uh, – oh, Wait, or no, was it the first? No, I thought it was no, the no, first it was play. It was the first play on the goal line, right? With, Where they? I thought it was when Marvin they scored. Harrison. No, there was two plays in a row. Oh my god! Marcus Freeman wasn't going to put another person out there to to the you know to let Ohio State regroup and wow. maybe have an untimed down or something like that. So. But everybody, their brother knew that last play they were going to run the football. You could tell after they didn't get the uh, the completion on the pass from the first play. Mm-hmm. You know they spiked it. Then second down, they I think they tried to throw it to Harrison. And on third down, you knew they were going to run in from the one inch line. You could right. just tell everybody and their brother knew. But you, you you gave up the opportunity to have one more body on that defensive front man who could slant in maybe and uh, cause some more disruption in that a gap and uh, and blow it up a little bit because it's not like he just walked in the end zone. So to me, that's inexcusable for Marcus Freeman. Oh, yeah. um, I hate to say it like. 
that. I like Marcus Freeman from what I hear of him. But that, that that's going to be some tough questions that will deservedly be asked of him, and it's going to be hard to give a reasoning that will not just be inexcusable mm-hmm. to have 10 guys on yeah. a goal line stand. It's bad. That's bad. Not good. Iowa at Penn State, oh, my gosh. Yeah, Tell now, Clark. Adam, you were right. Iowa just – they. They can't I, score. To be frank, they, they just suck. I mean, old Kurt Frentz, God bless him, has been there for a couple decades. You know, one of Iowa's favorites is children. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and his son, bless his heart, he's in a predicament. This is why you don't hire family. Have you ever heard of a <laughs> – have you ever heard at the coaching room? Yes. Why have you ever heard of a success story of a head coach hiring their son or their brother to to be, their, be an assistant? I don't think so. Like Jeff Bowden for Bobby Bowden after Rick left Florida State Office Coordinator, their their offense definitely went downhill. Um, I can't think of any other ones just right off the, my head. But Spurrier had his son just there, just just being just there. there. Yeah. But uh, but this Brian Ferentz being Iowa's offense coordinator, like Daddy gave him the ultimatum, or the higher ups did <laughs> yeah. that you're either going to fire him, or well, he gave them the ultimatum that we have to average 25 points per game. Put the goose egg up. That's Put bad. the new seg up. Hurts that average of getting 25 points per game and, oh, yeah. or you lose your job. But th- there should never be a scenario in Division One football, especially at a Power 5 level, Clark, that you have a deal with your offensive coordinator that you got to score 25 points per game or you're going to get fired this year. That's a bad like, – If you get to that point, it needs to go on anyway. Yeah, so yeah. if I was the Iowa Hawkeye, I wouldn't want just Brian going. I want Kurt going too. Right. So, I mean, inexcusable that this day and age of transfer portal, everything that you cannot – Score and it's been going on for years. Yeah. And and you got to, I mean, I know they gave up 31 to Penn State, man, but you got a heck of a defense coordinator there and a heck mm-hmm. of a, a a defense pass for years that can can win at a very high Big Ten level if you had a potent offense. But for sure, don't got it. Anyway, spent way too much time on that. But game of the week last week, Hendricks versus Millsaps. Adam, we got it right. Hendricks won in a shootout. Wow. 53 to 42. Yeah, man, just too much, too much just turmoil going on. Right. You know, with Millsaps. With Millsaps. You so, know, they uh, got an interim head coach yeah. and, and you just, just you, you never know. And when you don't know the, when you don't know what's going on with the interim tag being placed on a man right. at a program, you don't you don't bet on. Them. Yeah, no, never, never, never. Do. never. I mean, that's just that's just what that's just. <laughs> In fact, you can lessons. you yeah. learned that from pre K, man. Right. We're never bet on a team that's got an interim head coach. In fact, bet the, the house on the other team. That's right. So free money here. Don't bet on Northwestern <laughs> and don't bet on Michigan State going yeah, forward the yeah. rest of the year. Yep. Well, really, don't bet on Michigan yeah. State. Don't touch them with a ten foot pole. Or you bet. Or you bet somebody. Play a Michigan State. Right. Yes. Yes. Like, yes, my, yes. Probably some of the easiest money somebody could have made was that Washington Michigan State. Game. Oh, hundred percent. You could have made money, Adam. Why don't you? Yeah, why don't you do it? I can't. I can't oh, do that. Man. I can't do it nah, on college football because it would just be bad. Me it too. Wouldn't, Me it too. Because then all upsets, pandemonium would ensue if it, right. if I did place a friendly wager yeah. on it. But. Well, this to, anyway. this week we got several good games. Not as good as last week, but still some respectable matches. All right. On Friday, we got Utah at Oregon State, 9 o'clock, Fox. Mm. Pac-12 action. At, yeah. not, not, not at midnight, That's but right. at dark. Um, Utah at Oregon State. Adam, Oregon State suffered its first loss against Washington State, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. And uh, that was one of my kind of On the dark road. horse Oregon, you know, dark horse teams. And I guess, you know, they could still run the table. They'd, they'd have to win in pretty convincing fashion, I think, from here on out in order to make it to the playoff. Right. But, I still think they're a good team, and so is Utah. You know, yeah. you could argue that the Pac-12 right now is by far head, you know, from from top to bottom, the best in the nation. And I don't think I've ever said that. 
And I don't know if I ever will. Well, I definitely won't because the Pac-12 is about to be a thing of the past. It's crazy to think they're not going to exist anymore. But, yeah, it's unbelievable. And you're exactly right saying it, Clark. Very talented football, man. Who are you taking, the Utes or the Beavers? Uh, Utah, I actually picked them to lose last week to UCLA, and they won 14-7 to in an old school. And I love the fact, Clark, it's like we're throwing it back in 1999, some of these scores, man. I love that we're not having the 52-42 to games as much anymore. We're having more 21-13, 14-7 type games. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. But anyway, I digress with that. Give me uh give me Oregon State winning at home, man. Um Utah's just been close. I mean, won a close one. I mean, look very impressive against uh against Florida the first week, but haven't had Cam Rising. They've mm-hmm. been they've had the injury bug. I don't know if I, I don't remember if he played against UCLA or not last week. I didn't see that. But I think Oregon State bounces back. Had a tough road game um against Washington State and Pullman last week. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think they're gonna come back to Corvallis, Oregon Clark and uh, and win this football game. You and your you and your uh College town locations is uh, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Oregon State too. I I got to be honest, they I, I like the uniforms. Yeah, yep. So yeah. that yeah. might be the only yeah. reason I I pull for them. It'll be fun to watch. Good good Friday night game. To oh watch. yeah, Saturday USC at Colorado, twelve o'clock Fox. There is no way. There's no way Deion Sanders wins this football game, right? Uh, give me USC big. Yeah, I'm with you. USC big. by several touchdowns. I don't know what the the spread is right now, but I could imagine it's probably going to be big. I think Colorado will put up more points than they did against Oregon because USC's defense is not They're what atrocious. Oregon's is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but still, USC could put up seventy. They sure could. Yeah. Uh, but they did struggle against Arizona State the other night. Was that a look ahead game to maybe? This could, I, I don't could know. Potentially be. Hey, so. Arizona State, Tempe, Tempe, Tempe. Uh, yeah, there yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. Tempe is a uh, tough place. It's to play. Tough place. That's yeah. right. When they get the what is it? Um, Running with Running the devil the by Van, Van Halen. Halen. Oh yeah. man! Boom! 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 Arizona State. Anyway. That it is, Carl. That it is. That it is, yep. Florida at Kentucky, 12 o'clock ESPN. that's a nooner. That is a nooner. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah, yeah. And I think these two teams are pretty equally matched. I think Florida's gelling. These are two tough games on the slate. I see the next one, too. I don't know who I'm going to pick, but who you got in this one, Clark? Ooh, we. Mmm, I mean, I'm obviously. Yeah, Kroger Field. That place can get a little popping sometimes. Oh, it will be. They're believing. Uh, you know they're looking forward to Georgia. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Kentucky by four points. I was going to say three points. Give me Kentucky by uh-huh. three. Part winning yeah. this game against Florida. They've actually got over the Florida hump when yeah. they won like thirty straight against them. Mark Stoops has broke that curse. Mm-hmm. Started beating them more consistently since two thousand eighteen, and I think he adds to that, Clark. I think he gets the win, man. It wouldn't surprise me if Florida wins. I think it's a toss up. If I was a betting man on college football, I would not touch this game. No, would not touch nope. this game. But give me Kentucky though. If we're going to yeah. sit here and just kicks and giggles, we're going to pick a team. Uh, give me the Wildcats at home. I'll take the field. Wildcats. Okay. Do you think uh you think it'll be like a blue out or something? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Oh yeah, they're gonna be fired up. They're oh, gonna yeah. be fired up, ready to go. LSU at Ole Miss, six o'clock, ESPN. Sort of an elimination game here, Adam. Yeah. In the SEC West. Yeah, well. Um, and and I, I, what I mean is a playoff. Play- oh, okay. Game, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, not not, yeah, not yeah, necessarily yeah. I mean, LSU still so has everything. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, uh, but but right. playoff, you're you right. can't you can't I mean, one of these teams is going to be completely – I say completely eliminated from playoff. Well, you're right. If LSU loses this game, I don't think they will go on like they did last year no. in the West. No. But 
I don't know. Who do you think, Clark? In Ooh, Oxford. Man. In Oxford makes it this tough. Is, yeah, it's going to be a tough game for LSU to win. And I'm, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the Bayou Bengals. And this is going to be a close game. Uh, Could potentially be a, sh- a shootout. I don't yeah. know. Um, I do think LSU's defense is playing a little bit better. Yeah, yeah g- g- give me the Tigers. I'm going to go with them too, Clark. I'm going to go with them too. It wouldn't surprise me if Ole Miss wins this game and bounces back. But is there going to be too much of a Bama hangover and, uh, and, and a disappointment that – that LSU will come in and smoke them, possibly, or will Ole Miss be up knowing that they, if, if, yeah, if they're going to keep their goals in front of them, they want this year, they have to win this football game. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't lose to Alabama and LSU back-to-back weeks and expect to win the SEC West. Right. right? And uh, and then you have that eliminated in the month of September. Man, it be a tough feeling. So oh, yeah. they rally, they get up, and they pop an LSU team who hadn't looked like they're just unbeatable. I mean, against Mississippi State and start where they look good. So, But LSU's proven they go on the road, and um, Ole Miss is not a hostile environment whatsoever. So uh, give me LSU. Okay. South Carolina, the Gamecocks at Tennessee, oh, 730 SEC Network. Gosh, hey, the ticket prices of this game are pretty crazy. I think I think Tennessee fans really want a piece of oh, South after, Carolina after last, after last year. year. Josh Heupel wants part Shane Beamer, too. Yeah. There's some hate there. There's yeah. some hate there, too, from what I hear up in oh, Rocky really? Top, man. Okay. Oh, yeah, Heupel is not a fan of Beamer. Who is not a fan of Beamer? I, don't, I really don't know. Frank? Frank Beamer is yeah, his, his dad. His yep, so, probably, I mean, yeah, so I, I, that's who I would say. Oh, man, I, I, give me Tennessee. They've mm. wanted this one for a while, man, and I, I think it, in in they might checkerboard this game, Clark. Oh, yeah, might checkerboard they, they this well game could. and uh, get really excited about it and know that they can't lose another SEC game. Uh, Carolina can't either. Obviously, both of them have two. Carolina has two losses. Both of them have a have a loss in conference, one loss in conference, and uh, I think uh, this is definitely an elimination game. And Tennessee comes out victorious, man. Watch this. South Carolina goes into Neyland okay. and gets the upset. All right. I can see Watch it. that. Uh, I'm telling are... you, Spencer Rattler is is playing pretty good football right now. And that's something I never oh, thought oh, I'd I be agree. admitting. I, Clark, I would probably say he's the best quarterback in the SEC. Yeah. I, and I, if anybody said that, I was kind of like, well, you might could argue Jackson Dart till I saw Jackson Dart the other day. I mean, who else would you say? Maybe Jaden Daniels. I keep forgetting about Jaden Daniels. Yeah, you can make an argument. Jaden Daniels, Maybe. Spencer Rattler. <laughs> oh, Jalen Milrow, Adam. Jalen Milrow. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's right. That's Woo. right. Woo. Mm. No, I, I really do believe. Uh, there's nothing I, after After watching what South Carolina came into Athens and did, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if they went into Tennessee. Now, now I will say, in order for South Carolina to pull up an upset, they're going to have to play – uh, with their hair on fire offensively, I th- which I think they can. And they, they can't turn over the ball. That's going to be critical. But Tennessee's defense, you know, there's there's been some hype this year. They're, they're A improving. A stouter defensive line. I don't know. I, don't I just know, don't man. know. Well, either way, one fan base is going to leave demoralized. Yes. And, and I love it. And right. I love this is, it. Is this a meteor this is a, game? Does this yeah, qualify as a meteor game? It's a small meteor. Yeah. Like, and the yeah, yeah. fact that – Meteorite I mean, game. We we do not like either one of these teams, but we don't have as much disdain for South Carolina just because they're little brother. We be, Sure. Now, back – you asked from 2010 to 2013, to that, that oh, kind of yeah. level. I mean, yeah, they're in Spurrier level when we were losing to them consistently. But, yeah, it's still a meteor game because I don't like either one of them. And I'll be happy – um, at the disgruntlement of whoever the loser is. Good word usage uh, there, Adam. Yeah, disgruntlement. Any of those three SEC games we just listed, man, and uh, I, I gambled on college football. Uh, <laughs> I would not touch any of them. I would not touch any of them. I would. I wouldn't be surprised either way at either three of those games. It's going to be fun to see. Yeah. So, well, Adam, you may be. Good week. If you were a betting man, you could potentially bet on this game, the Ooh, game of the week. What do we got? 
We got a good one. Shippensburg. Shippensburg. University Raiders yes. at Shepherd University Rams. Love it. They're located in West Virginia. Both of them are in West Virginia. And both of their names uh, start with a ship and a shep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's start weird. with a sh. Yes. Okay. Sh. Yes. All right. S-H. All right. All right. You got to be careful saying right. these two That's names right. here. All right. Anyway, kickoff for this game. 12 o'clock. The weather's going to be 68 oh, degrees, man. You can't yeah, beat you know, that. man, probably in the Shenandoah Valley. Yeah. The breeze oh, up yeah. there in West Virginia, man. I know they're going to be fired up. Adam. up for some, some football. Yeah. Shepherd University football. All right. This is Hall of Fame weekend at Shepherd University. I'm sure it's a star-studded lineup. Oh, they yeah. inducted. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is a Hall of Fame weekend for all sports, academics, right. academics, professors. Any, uh, is it really anything? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe. I mean, uh, is it just football? I would assume it's probably athletics, yeah, maybe. You would have and, to and you kind of invite the, That's right. the notable That's alum right. That's to come right. back home. That's right. Come back a little homecoming, if you right. Will. Yeah, but but only for the the Hall of Famers. Okay, I got yeah. you. I understand. I Who I understand. knows? Well, let's start with Shippensburg. I got some good information. They're the Raiders. Okay, Shippen, Shippensburg Raiders. Yes. Some general knowledge here. One and three on the season. Not a good start. No, Adam. Not good. Not good. But they did a get a they got a shutout <laughs> victory at home last <laughs> week. Seven and seven to zero. I mean, you talk about good quality <laughs> offensive production. Shippenberg, they've got or Shippensburg, they've got it there. Oh, um, they won on family day no, too. No, no. So they Is pulled it together. For that? They got oh, their first no. win on Those family day. Parents probably were excited to get to go take the children to get some entertainment. After that, they had to go to the ice cream parlor. After that, get them ice cream. Put yeah. them through that torture. Seven family day. They put seven zero game on family day. Oh Woo. man. That's rough. That's rough. Well, let's check out the shit. Yeah, they had to go to Chuck E. Cheese after that and get a pizza to make, <laughs> make up for that atrocity of family day. Thought I was gonna have good fun with the family. Let's go, let's go watch Shipping Bird put up yeah. seven. Well, Adam, maybe they maybe some of the family members got pictures with oh, yes. this guy. Yes. This is Shippensburg mascot. They're a raider. They're the raiders. They're the but, raiders? but like they're like uh like pirate raiders. Okay, you know? yeah. And so if if you're just if you're watching the if Great. you're listening to it, his name is Big Red. Big okay? Red. And he's the a parrot. Yes. Tell us about old Big Red. What are your thoughts? On I Big love Red? it, man. I love it. He looks like he should be at Pirates of the Caribbean. Should be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, in the movie, the ride anything. But yeah, I mean, I love it. Great smile again. We're going for another another bird mascot that has teeth. Not really accurate, but it, do, do birds have teeth? No, no, they do not have teeth. There do, is no. Does teeth any in birds. bird have teeth? No, birds do not have teeth. Now, could there be one out there that's been cross-bred or whatever and has some wacky stuff going on in laboratories in China? I don't know. I don't know. That's a possibility. But the birds that I come across do not have teeth. (laughs) What birds do you come across, Adam? Tell the people. Poultry, chickens. Poultry. I see yep. chickens every single day of my oh, life. Oh my gosh! Yep. But uh, but these these particular parrots, I do not know. But uh, there's there is uh, no no teeth in a parrot. I don't think. So, but but I like it. You got to put it in there. Right. I love that it's, it's uh, smiling whites. He's happy. He's, he's he's happy to be here. Yeah. And uh, what, I, what do you think about the Jolly Roger? I love hat. the Jolly Roger hat. That sets it off because I wouldn't know. What, I would think it was a cardinal if you didn't have right. the Jolly Roger hat. But the Jolly Roger hat makes it that it is a parrot, and uh, everybody knows it's a. Yeah. What do you think about his, uh, right quick, what do you think about his jersey? He got the double yeah, zero. I, 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 in the past, I've talked about how I've been disappointed with uh, the lackluster 
uh, apparel that these right. mascots have worn, but this is a quality game jersey mm-hmm. worn by Sharpensburg University Raiders. Sharpensburg? <laughs> Shippensburg. <laughs> Shippensburg. Shippensburg <laughs> okay. University. And uh, I like it, man. A-plus yeah. grade for the mascot all the way around. Nice. I would get my picture made with it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it, man. Again, this, this is one of the better ones. This is top of the for echelon sure. uh, mascot. Oh, yeah. Some notable alumni, or alum, I should say, from Shippensburg, yeah. Michelle Buck is the president and CEO of the Hershey Company. Oh, nice. Like, that's okay. pretty cool. Yep. And then a guy. Pennsylvania up there. Yeah, yeah. Rob Davis. Mm-hmm. He is a former NFL long snapper and current assistant head coach for the Cowboys. Well, good for Rob, man. Yeah. Good for him. I head wonder coach. how you get noted as like a NFL long snapper if you went to Shippensburg and you snapped at Shippensburg. I don't know. You must be. You Fair must have you a must really elite, good snap. Elite. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, what qualifies? Like how you? do you like? How do you get found out about being on the potential like the the board, the hot board for long snappers? <laughs> yeah, Shippensburg. Yeah, you know, like what? I would love to know what stands. I mean, it's got to be the velo coming off the ball. The velocity, the velocity yes, the velo yes, like yes. coming off that. They got to like that man. That's that's a special talent that um some some people require. That's good Lord given ability to get the velocity of the long right, snap out. So right. yeah. We need to teach a class on long snapping. I think that'd and be punting funny. and everything. And yeah. Punting, yeah, that'd be great. All right, head coached by Mark. Oh boy. Oh Mas- my gosh. Macy Juski. Macy Juski. I have no Macy idea Jusky. if that's how you actually okay. say that, but Macy Juski. Oh yeah. Kind of like okay. that name. Okay. It's like a couple of words all in one, like Macy. Yep. And then you got Jew. Jew. And then ski. ski. Like ski ski. Yeah. 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 Break it down in three syllables and you got it. Macy Juski. Anyway, okay. his alma mater, Adam, is Shippensburg. Love, Love when we see people come back home and want to invest back and in where they got their right. roots and what made them what they are in their current state today. So I'm all for people coming back and leading their home program, man. So, I mean, like I said, that's where the roots relate. That's yeah. where the roots relate. And automatically when you get a coach that comes back to his alma mater, the, the interest level and the, the care for the betterment of the program Just goes up. Is there? And, yeah. You know, and, and and you don't question it. Nobody's exactly. questioning right, it. Right, so right, right. That's why I like good, good for them. Smart move by the AD, bringing back one of their own. Oh yeah. On the other side, Shepherd Rams. Here we go. Some general knowledge. Yes. They're also a West Virginia. Oh wait, no. Actually, I don't know about Shippensburg. I think they're a Pennsylvania school. Is that what it says? Might be. Anyway, uh, Shepherd though is a West Virginia. Public school. Okay. They are they are three and one on the season. So better start. I mean, when you think about West Virginia football, you think about the West Virginia Mountaineers, you think about the Marshall Thunder and Hurt, and then you think about the Shepherd Rams. I mean, oh, that's 100%. how it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> in, that so, I mean, in that order. In that order. <laughs> in that order. And uh yeah, so I mean a powerhouse in the state of West Virginia. hundred percent. And um a lot of people live for Shepherd Ram football. Oh, I'm and sure they do. So yeah. yeah, three and one on the season, a pretty promising campaign going so far. Hundred percent. Well, let's talk about Shepherd. They're the Rams. Okay. Their mascot. Yes. They've got two, Adam. They've two got mascots. a live, like, like they've got love an Ugga and they've got a hairy dog. Love it. So they've love got it. somebody in a costume. Yes. And they've got a real, and they got the real, real deal, deal mascot. Real deal. Let's start two. with the real live Ram. His name is JC. I don't know what the love. J and the C stand for, but JC. Yes. JC the Ram. That is <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Good genetics on that Ram. Good genetics on that ram, man. Uh, they picked a good bloodline of ram to choose from from the shepherd uh, mascot, man. Uh, I, I, the the antlers, the, uh, the the curl in them, the uniformity in it. Yes, and, yeah, I very mean, symmetrical. Very symmetrical, and uh, that that thing would hurt you. Oh yeah, if it headbutted you. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's one of them deals right there, man. Can you imagine if he headbutted all the players coming out of the game? <laughs> yeah. They'll get fired up. But got a visor, cart. Got a visor on the lamb. I'm on the on the ram. On the ram, excuse me. On the ram. And uh I'm I'm um 
I love I love it. I think that's, that's a, a huge uh, visor. Yeah, I think that is a that that's a very well put together live mascot. Agreed. It kind of reminds me of those visors that God bless them, the, the older women, the grandmothers wear we'll go to on the, the beach. beach. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. They'll go to Walmart and get them one because <laughs> yeah. they forgot to pack one. Right. So. That's right. It's that that's same exactly kind of style. Oh, man, that's JC. Let me talk about the other one. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is named Zan, Z-A-N. What oh, in the world gosh, is this? This should be a giraffe. The neck looks like a giraffe. The proportion of the head to the shoulder is horrendous. Like, I mean, how do you how's the how's the, the, the incumbent in the in the mascot the tire see? I mean, that's like the Chick-fil-A cow. You know, the Chick-fil-A yes, cow has yeah. a long neck. And, right, and, I, right. and I, I've been in a Chick-fil-A cow costume oh, before spinning a sign on the side of the road. Yeah, I have. That's a true story. True story. Eight years ago, I was spinning a sign. I was a Chick-fil-A cow. And what it does, and I'm not a very tall individual, but even a tall individual couldn't get up to the very peak of the uh, of the, of the cow head, correct? Right. And see, I like the eyes that you would, one would think. And um, so I was on the side of the road, and my head would come up to the middle neck area, right? And you could see out of it. And I was spinning a sign on the side the road and like wheeling cars in oh, and get nice. some chicken. Yeah. That's amazing, guys. Did you Cordell. get paid for yeah, that? Was, no, it was down in Cordell. I did it for Mary Beth oh. at the Chick-fil-A. I did not get paid for that. I got I got a free meal out of it. And That's I worth got, it. No, stay, you know, but it, it was a great experience to say that. So be, being a guy who's been in a Chick-fil-A cow costume with a extended neck, I think why they have a, the neck extension of what you're seeing, why it's not proportionate shoulder head body like is because of uh uh the vision for the incumbent in the in the uh in the in the in the costume yes we we just gotta i gotta point out the eyes adam that that is bulging that is the most concerning look (laughs) i've ever seen of a ram he's heading to slaughter (laughs) he's heading to slaughter it's uh yeah he does not look happy to be here um the hoof looks awful. It's like is the guy's fist just balled up. It doesn't look like he could spread his hands out and be comfortable in that mascot costume. Oh, my um, gosh. I, that's pitiful. That's pitiful. I, they, I mean, the live mascot is great. They did everything right with that. But throwing that together just for picture opportunities with the children, because I, <laughs> I could say there could be a safety hazard with putting a child up against the live ram. I mean, even if they do have a couple handlers with right. the live ram, there's still that's probably a liability risk. Oh, yeah. With, with sure. the li- maybe behind a, behind a fence in a corral or something mm-hmm. with some – stout panels then you get the opportunity with the live ram for a photo opportunity but this is probably something that they just threw together like hey we need to get something for family day yes, for the fans yes, and yes. everything to take a picture with so they just threw this together without any thought so oh, man. zan terrible d plus zan d plus d plus d plus dang notable alumni of uh what is this college <laughs> notable alumni of shepherd rams yep here we go tyson bag bag badgent badgent yep. ba- that's an a Badgett? We're going to go with Badgett. Okay. Uh, He was a quarterback who won the Harlan Hill Trophy. That's essentially D2's Heisman Trophy. He just signed with the Bears. Oh, oh, how about that? All's good on him, man. Yeah, pretty pretty notable right there. And then Arthur Edward Ruark. Yeah. You ready for this? He was a physicist. Who studied quantum mechanics, Adam? No, oh, wow. those were the two guys. Hey, man, I, look, I, I get on Tyson, man. He might get some playing time in Chicago, but Justin Fields acting like Justin Fields. Oh, blaming coaches and stuff. That's typical, you know. Just blame it for his his uh, his lackluster play. Mm. So. Yeah, it's coach's <laughs> fault for sure. Head look, coach Ernie McCook. Love the name. We've talked about that. People are just born with names to be head. 
coaches, <laughs> and and that is a Division two head coach name if I've ever seen it. Ernie McCook. Ernie McCook. And we're going to show like a picture. Like Buddy Stevens on Last Chance You. Yeah, you know, he was built to be one. Ernie McCook. Yes, is, is one of those guys and, cut from the same cloth. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, is he a, is he a lunch pail kind of guy? Yeah, oh, definitely pail? blue collar, especially in West Virginia, oh, yeah. Pennsylvania. <laughs> blue collar guy show up with a lunch pail. You know, one of those guys that um that you know he likes to have people in there who he he likes to see his quarterback be the guy that's mm. the last one to leave the building. You know, oh yeah, oh yeah. Players about the quarterback. One of Ernie's quarterbacks. They talk about how he is the last one to leave the parking lot. His truck's still in the parking lot when everybody else is left. You know, first one there, last one to leave. Type guy, right. a guy that uh, like a lot of Drinkwitz would talk about that you want to see that you would want to see him marry your daughter if you had one. Oh, okay, okay. One. that, that yeah. type of guy is uh, is well, probably what Ernie likes to see in his quarterback. Sure, sure, sure. Shippenberg, Shippensburg. Raiders lead the series 29 to 23. This is a pretty even battle, you know. But, Adam, they are 3 and 14 since 2000. So, with that said, Adam, there's no way I can go with Shippensburg. I have got to go with Shepherd University, I, I especially at home. There's any doubt, especially what the season's looking like. They're the first four games for both of the programs, man. Um, I will say Shippensburg won the mascot battle. That the, yes. the the atrocity that was the the costume, um, Zan the the Ram pulled him down that bad that Shippensburg wins it with the parrot with the Jolly Roger hat. But as far as the play on the field, give me Ernie and the boys, Clark. Oh, give me Ernie okay. and the boys. Give me Ernie right. and the boys to uh to win this football game and uh not just win it, win it pretty lopsided, thirty five three. Wow. Adam, there's no way. It's going I'll take thirty five three the other way. No, Ernie Ernie is Shepherd head coach, Clark. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry. So, okay, yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, we're on the same page. Oh, my God. Well, it's it's confusing. You got Shippensburg and then Shepherd. <laughs> I'm sorry. Macy Macy Juski. Yeah, Macy Juski. Yeah, the other coach. That does not sound like a real name. Macy Juski. Anyway, yeah. maybe it's like German. Probably or like something Swedish. like that. I would say of a European descent. I would say something yeah. along those lines. But he's going to get – Ernie is going to run circles around him. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It does help us us, grow. Yeah, this has been a long episode. It's been a long episode. We had a lot to talk about. Exactly, yeah. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any more of our stuff. And, uh, hey, let us know if you're traveling to Auburn, Opelika, Alabama. We'll see y'all. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. We're going into enemy territory. God bless you. And uh, make sure when you come back to bathe real good before we go back. (laughs) Yes, yes. Georgia versus Auburn, 3.30 Eastern Standard Time, CBS. Or the alternate version. That's just the trumpets, right? Yeah, that's the trumpets. That's the alternate version. Yep. Hey, we talked about a giveaway. Before we yeah, give we you did. our score predictions, we're going to talk about a giveaway. And this really isn't a giveaway. It's more of a challenge because you got to earn you gotta, this. you got to have talent. You've, You've got to have, have talent. some talent. You want to want it. you got to want it. you got to have talent. So what we're going to do is, luck. yes, it's Hit. not luck. What we're going to do is you have to submit your best bump, 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 CBS theme. Yes. And we will announce a winner. So send us, make a video. Make a video. Make a video. Send it to us. You can DM it. You can email us at row60 at gmail.com. Just shoot. Hey, if, shoot you, if you're a, real about it, just put it on the wall on row 60. Yeah, post it on world Facebook. See. Absolutely. Uh, you got to be brave to post do that. Post it on your own Facebook and tag row 60. Exactly. However you want to do it, we'll find it. Um, but send us your best ba 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 CBS theme video. We're going to announce a winner this Friday night on our live call-in yes, show. Yes, sir! 
Adam and I will choose a winner. We'll choose the best one. And the winner gets a $25 gift card to Rose 60, our store. And uh, you can, you can hey, get a shirt with that. You can get some stickers, whatever you want. Love it, man. So, Love it. A little, little challenge for you guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll pick the best one. And also, I want to say this. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be, should we, should we do like a vocal thing or could it be like an instrument too? Yeah, if you, hey, look, if the good Lord's giving you the ability to play an instrument, ha- hammer down on I don't care if it's the <laughs> harmonica. Yeah. I don't care if it's the didgeridoo. I don't care okay. what it is, the flute, whatever you have, however you want to make the ba 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 sound, however you intend it, send it in and let it be heard. Yeah. Hey, a $25 Rose 60 gift card is up for grabs. Yes, sir. Very, very Big prestigious. Time. Oh, Big yeah. time. Yeah. Anyway, score prediction, Adam. This week, I'm gonna give me. I'm gonna give you mine. You give us yours. Yes, sir. I'm gonna go Georgia 41, mm. Auburn 17. There we go. I'll baby. take that every day of the week. Loving it, man. Feeling good. Oh yeah, feeling Clark, good. This rivalry means a lot to a lot of people. It means a lot to me. It means a lot of, to the Southwest Georgia folks, to the West Georgia folks over there in Columbus. This is a history game, man. You think about it. Pat Dye, Vince Dooley, Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, the connection. It used to be a friendly rivalry, Thart. Growing up in the 80s, man, uh, the people who were in the 80s, I was not there, or in, even in the 90s, it was a it was a respectful rivalry, right? It's not a respectful rivalry anymore. It changed in 2010, and it has been that way. Even though this rivalry is lopsided, Clark, even though that there is three things in life that are for certain, there's death, there's taxes, and Georgia's beating Auburn on the football field. Auburn has been an atrocious program for many years. It's time to put our foot on their throat and let them know who the reigning back-to-back champion is and let them know who owns them, Clark, right. who owns the overall series history, who owns the longest winning streak in the rivalry, and who will continue to own them. I don't care who their new head coach is, man. It's time to go into Auburn. No more of a satisfying feeling as a Georgia fan than to walk into Opelika, go into Auburn, go into Jordan Harris Stadium, watch that eagle fly around. And every time it flies around, hope it flies out of the stadium and just goes away, man. And uh, and 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 have to listen to what they have there in Auburn and hear the banner up. But then you go in there and you whoop their tail. And oh, I yeah. don't expect anything differently. Georgia's going to win this football game, Clark. Thirty-four to ten. Let's do it. Big time win on the plains. Another one again, man. And all's right with the world with Georgia beating Auburn in football to start a heavy, heavy Southeastern Conference slate where Georgia's going to roll. Continue to prove why they're the number one team in America. It's a great time as always to be a Georgia. Oh, yeah. Let your Auburn fan people that you, if you have any Auburn friends, let them know that your team's superior and your team's coming for blood Saturday. It is great to be a Georgia Bulldog. Hope to see y'all in Auburn, Alabama. If you're not going there, enjoy it with your family, friends, and loved ones. Just be watching. Be loud. Wear your red and black. And go dogs, go baby. Dogs. Ooh, 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 ooh.